Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Just want to start this uh, episode off with another sincere thank you to everybody that came from so many different cities to come to Chicago to the uh, special taping. I'm so excited with how it came out, and that has so, 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 so much to do with how amazing the audiences were. So thank you again for that. There are no uh, tour dates to plug here, and there is no ad. Uh, This episode is Alex Borstein, the voice of Lois Griffin, I'm sure many of you know, and also an actress on many, many shows. We talk about that. So, nothing to plug. Let's get into it, just with a a warm thank you and PeteHolmes.com for all your Pete Holmesy needs. Get into it, you rascals. This is Aristotle. Hi, Aristotle. Um. I don't know what I'll have to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't can't start off. You can't start off worried. I can't? Well, I guess you can. Okay. Are you an anxious? Here, put these on. Oh, you don't? Yeah, please. Take your time. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm, uh, we're working on a show right now, so uh, the weekends are like, uh, I'm like a, a regular they're, person they're weekend precious. now, so now I have like weekends, and I love them. Where are you working? Like, I get it. Where, uh, what are you working on? I'm doing a show for uh, HBO. You're an HBO person. I was. Is that show not on anymore? No. Oh, let me uh, go ahead and strike that. No, I'm just kidding. I thought that yeah. show was on. That's why we have nothing to talk about. No, go. no. Well, we've started this part. Of, this part. This portion where we talk about how we don't have enough to talk about. That's a concern, but we don't have to go two hours. Well, let's see what happens. You allow for two hours. Here's why I think you'll be able to do it. You're an improviser. Uh-huh. Always the best guests. Uh-huh. And you have a family. You have children. I do. I mean, that's huge. It is. Plus, you have a family that you were raised in. I was. Come on. You're right. That's going to be great. What the hell am I worried about? What was your... Tell me about today. How are you today? Not... Let's not jump into mad television. Um, I'm good today. <laughs> I, I spent uh, the late morning at a farmer's market. The late <laughs> sounds like the first uh, line of a new John Updike novel. Like, like you it? spent the late morning at a farmer's market. I spent market. the latter part of the morning. <laughs> yeah, at the farmer's market. Were you buying uh, various colored peppers? I bought flowers. Flowers, better cheese, than flour. lobster cheese. tail. Ooh, a crab salad. You were just fucking sardines. up all the shellfish. Um, oh, and the tiny fish too. What else? Uh, artichokes. What are the sardines for? Are you going to make your own Caesar salad dressing? Uh, no, isn't that anchovies? Well, there's nothing good to do with a sardine. Uh, I like sardines. My mother's Hungarian. She's she's from Budapest, and so I grew up eating a lot of strange things. Really? Like spicy sa- sardines is one of them. So I will mix it with a very spicy oil and cream cheese and put it on a toast point. You'll make like a spread. Yeah. You found the one thing that you could probably do with a, with a sardine. sardine. Yeah. I like a lot of weird food. I like things with strange texture. Like I like bone marrow a lot. Really? Yes. Never got into bone marrow. I love it. Really? Oh, I love it. No one loves it. I love it. Dogs love it. I love it. It's like <laughs> the, the like snotty consistency Gross. marrow that comes in a big dugout bone. bone. You can get it an animal or a I know. Mm, I love it. Gross. I dream about it. Ugh. 
<laughs> I try and yes and and make everything loving and supportive here, but uh, barf. Yeah, I love it. Why? <laughs> the taste or how, is it how it makes you feel or, or when you, you hit, just enjoy the process? When you hit a certain age, I, I'd what say... What age is marrow age, age? When you hit age four, it's no longer socially acceptable, acceptable to pick your nose and eat it. Yep. And marrow's the closest. Oh, you are gross. <laughs> <laughs> marrow and uh i have never turned escargot. so hard on a guest i just Wait really feel Where, gross where's the right comma now. in that marrow and es- you, no you turning hard i don't understand yeah yeah, yeah. i am aroused but <laughs> i just want you to know that i've never no, i don't know i thrown just have someone always, under the bus so i've always hard. liked i've always liked marrow it's salty and i don't know it's great i'm interested do you think maybe You've reached an age where you're just like, now I need to eat weird shit? Like, you've exhausted it. No, I've always eaten weird it's shit. It's always been that way. It's always been that what way. What is it like having a mother from Budapest? Uh, What's that mean? Is Very that good. like a word? Very good. Very good? Oh, I thought it was one of those words that meant like, we don't have a word for it. No, it's just... What is it? Nagyanyo. Yo is good. Nadion is very. Nadion yo. Nadion yo. Nadion yo. Yeah, it's nice. She's she's crazy. Hungarians tend to be a little crazy and nutty. Nutty in, in a I'm good way. Her a lot of energy. Always stirring stews. No. She's got blood on her apron. <laughs> she's yelling at the neighbors, but they love it. Um, no. These are my stereotypes. She's like a like you know. Imagine like living with a Gabor sister. A Jaja Gabor. Yeah, kind of a bit of yeah. a bit of a Hungarian princess. Although she did cook. Very well. Oh, so up. she was more kind of like uh, la di da, not not blood on the apron. Yeah, I'd you know say. where I'm getting that is I'm Lithuanian. Uh-huh. My mother is first generation Lithuanian, so uh-huh. I also ate a lot of like beets and things that other gotcha. not as exotic as marrow or toast <laughs> points with sardines. Although we did white fish, a lot of like a lot of like uh, things that would typically be associated with like a Jewish cuisine, but potato you're not Jew- pancakes, but you're not, not Jewish. Jewish. But I, I do I do like that I'm Lithuanian because it's close enough because everyone knows Jews are funny. That's why you're succeeding in this business? That's what I'm saying. I understand. I know how to uh, pass. Got it. Even with those blue eyes? Well, I always wear like very uh, hip, like circular sunglasses that, so they don't nice. know. People always assume I'm I'm Irish. You do look Irish. That's true. I'd fight you in a bar. I would love to fight you in a bar. You have a Janine Garofalo. Do you get that? Don't hate me. No, I don't hate you. She's lovely. Yeah, she is lovely. I've heard that. I've heard that I remind people of Janine. Yeah, but what a cool hip person to be reminded oh, of somebody. Absolutely. But you I but you are chosen. I am I am chosen. Yeah. So you had a Budapest Jewish mother. Yes. And a also Jewish father? Yes. My so, father actually grew up um Orthodox. Really? Yes. Then he gave it up? For a Budapest? Kind of. He kind of threw it away for my mom a little bit. Is this a movie? Is this a movie story? <laughs> a very boring one. I yes. like boring movies. I really do. It's a Merchant Ivory Weinstein film? Yeah, sure. No. Um, <laughs> so he was Orthodox. Now, Orthodox... I would not I say he threw it away, but I would say he was kind of done with that chapter and met my mom and But Orthodox is the, por- the, the Polish clothing and all that, right? Sometimes. Sometimes they adapt the the 18th century clothing. They, he was raised in Atlanta, Georgia mm-hmm. by Orthodox Jews. They lived in this neighborhood. They walked to temple on the weekends. They Did it kept strict kosher. It? They had the tzitzit. They wore the talus. They wore the yarmulkes. Yeah. They, yeah, he was pretty... Occasionally he'd strap a piece of the talmud to his forehead. Um, yes, occasionally. Yeah. For a box on his special head. occasions. That's right. Nothing fancy. That's right. Like I like to think of it as like a unicorn horn. Oh, yeah. But with meaning. It's a Jewish You crack unicorn. open a unicorn horn, there's no blessing from Yahweh I beg to there. differ. I'm not sure. I think it's a giant scroll. Well, 
<laughs> also, we're talking to the wrong person. You, if anyone, all that I know about you is that you want to eat snot fluids from animals. <laughs> you would suck out of whatever's in a unicorn horn, and you'd probably be like seeing a color I can't see. You know what? I, I, I would. You would, that. absolutely. Sure. So your dad, what, how, from a one to ten, how orthodox he was? He all that. He was a 10. He, he was, was very 10. orthodox. And doesn't he then have to marry somebody like in that community? That's what's suggested. This is this is Madame Bovary. This it's is like suggested. a this is a this is a Jane Austen novel but about an orthodox man. But she was a Holocaust survivor. I think that gave her some cred, some street cred. Because okay, yeah. A baby. She was a baby during the Holocaust. It's like was, you're not orthodox but you were a baby in the Holocaust. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you're fluent. Yeah. You're just automatically, you get, a, you get a pass. You get a pass. Yeah. You absolutely get a pass. That's crazy. Your mom was a baby during the Holocaust. Oh, yeah, my God. she was born in 1944, and Budapest, Hungary, was the last to be liberated. Whoa. And the Hungarians who, who took on the work of the SS did it so willingly and happily. They did it long after they needed to. Like, bombs were dropping, and they could have just given it up, but they were still like, nope, get in line. Here's a bullet. Really? Yeah. Get the fuck out of my face. Okay. <laughs> I was awfully close for that. I'm sorry. Yo, the you can't see this, but I was say, right up on his lips. I don't know why you got an inch from my I'm face. Sorry. If if an inch. I wanted you to smell the marrow on yeah. my <laughs> Did you have marrow after you went to the farmer's market with your sardines? I did not. You know what I had? I had cauliflower. Yeah. So I might be gaseous at some point. Is that not going to agree with you? I don't know. Isn't that what people say about cauliflower? Uh, I think people, if you're not eating vegetables and then you eat, because everything I eat, like I had a green juice this morning and whenever I'm drinking, I know. Mm. If only, this should be a TV show. That was a great face. <laughs> whenever I'm drinking a green juice, someone will come up and be like, oh man, someone's going to have diarrhea. Not if you drink a lot of green juice. But I remember <laughs> my first. say that to you? Yeah, no, friends. <laughs> friends and lovers. I love it. They want to know how I keep it in. And, you know, form it into a unicorn horn but of my own. you've developed a tolerance is what you're saying. Is what I'm saying. So I could eat probably a shit ton of cauliflower and not. Gotcha. I like cauliflower. It's essentially tasteless, but it, it's very it's fun in your mouth. Yeah. And it looks like a brain. It looks like a brain. It looks like a, a mouse brain. It looks like a brain. I like, yeah. I don't know. I understand. I like textures and, and the visuals of foods. They say walnuts that look like brains, too. Have you ever thought about that? Yes. They, they're, and they're good for your brain. Walnuts also look a little bit like a prolapsed uterus. I was going to say that. Yeah. I'm glad you said it because yeah. I was thinking it looked Someone has to. Like a prolapse. What does that mean? Because <laughs> prolapse sounds like like an umbrella turned the wrong way. Someone who shall remain nameless um, suffered from a prolapsed. Uh, it's not me. But it's got to be you. It's I mean, not me, no. But we don't know I didn't birth my children um, vaginally, so that that's not a they concern They took the side me, door? I, I took the sunroof, yeah. But, <laughs> but people who deliver vaginally, I guess it's very common that later your uterus just kind of gets fucking tired and yeah. sags and prolapses and will kind of wow. hang down and you can, and yeah. I'm told it, can, it might look something, it might resemble a walnut. Wow. There Vaginas. Goes your, there goes your trail mix. Wow. Yeah. You've ruined a lot of things for me so Have far. I? Unicorn horns. Vaginas are, are tricky business. You think so? Sometimes I talk about it on stage, and I'm just like, hey, vaginas, what's going on? It's not to shame the vagina. Mm-hmm. Dicks are no picnic. But vaginas, yeah, you know, it's a canal. Mm-hmm. You had babies. They took the sunroof. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, apparently, the baby will grab the uterus on the way out and, and pull it out like Take a walnut. Yes. It's just a lot. 
It is. It's a lot. It is. It's a lot. It's good, though. Of course it's good. Yeah, it's good I show. just – I don't like – the male agenda has homogenized the vagina. You look at like a Playboy centerfold or something. She's always in a bed of flowers and stuff. And she's like, vagina has great PR, I've said many times before, mm-hmm. good PR. But really, you know, there's, it's a lot. It's not just what men make it out to be in, in you know, like gas stations working on carburetors. Like, oh, man, I got to get in that box. It's also the elevator that took you into the world. That's crazy. Yeah. But we want, to, we want it to just be one thing. Like, we all put menstruation out of our minds. We all put childbirth out of our minds. We want it to just be like, like a fun zone. It's very similar to the throat. I'm not making a sexual joke, but it's similar. And I, I, someone did this in their stand-up. I'm not ripping them off, but it, it was feel, brilliantly done. I it might have like been Eddie not. Izzard. But it... It is. I've had an endoscopy, and it looks like I have two vaginas. I have an, a, a, a pyloric, and then you know the two sphincters look like. Congratulations! But it's a thoroughfare. It's too. where it's where food must go down. <laughs> it's where liquid goes down. It's sphincters. where breath has to go back and forth. It's yeah. where if you're feeling ill, vomit has vomit. to come up. It's where how you speak, you speak and yeah. vomit from the same. So it's yeah, it's a, the vagina and the the mouth are both communicators. That's absolutely true. And there's a multitasking quality to any hole, any opening is going to – except the nose. The nose is just like I breathe and occasionally some snotty snot. Well, but you can have liquid pass through it if you Your laugh nose? hard enough. You ever had yeah, no yeah, yeah. So, yeah. In another parallel universe, perhaps it serves more purposes. But on this universe, nose? it's olfactory. Uh, you know, it, it's fun to blow bubbles out of if you're ha- you ever have a tea party. Yeah. You ever have the underwater tea parties? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we would go to the beach and would sit, would blow out enough air. At the beach? At the beach. It's salt water? Salt water. Wow. Oh, yeah. You're from the Midwest. You don't understand. Hey, how did he know that? Wikipedia. It also said you had two elder brothers. It kept saying elder. They're Mormon elders. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, let's tell me more. I'm interested in families. Who were you closer to, your, your dad or your mom? I know that's a jarring question. It's meant to be jarring, and you don't have to pick one. I, it's, I have very different relationships with both of them, and they're both equally close but in different ways. I am interested. Okay. What do you do with your mom? Uh, we make love. Mm-hmm. No. My mom and I... Throat to vagina. Never had... <laughs> the never-ending canal. <laughs> We'd make a circle. <laughs> the 69 is just, yes. it's just the image of how the universe got here. <laughs> That's what we're all stuck in is the cosmic 69. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is a lesbian 69. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Yeah. And um, we're just going around and around and around and around. That's why it'll be fine. It's going to be really, fine. We really don't have to worry about climate change because she will take care of herself. That's right. She will rejuvenate. It's going to be okay. I've never seen a we lesbian will, 69. We will perish. Yeah. But the universe, the planet's going to be fine. It's just going to no longer have human life on it. People c- I, kind of confuse that. I know what you mean. That. It's, yeah. We don't need to save Earth. We need I mean, to save we were only asses. here for a blip, and now we're just like, where are the universe? Yeah. When the universe scoffs. Yeah, people that talk about carbon footprints and getting a electric car, I think there's a a lot of narcissism attached to it as though you mean that as like, though the planet's here for us and it's ours to save it's it's interesting mm. well it's, we're the ones ruining it though yes i'm not saying those aren't important good things to do i no just think one it's, thought. i just think it's kind of fun. yeah i some the last guest was talking about that and and we are the ones that are like using it even if we're not abusing it we're still a virus spreading and so eating and if someone's already talked about this and, you can just cut it then 
No, 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 oh, no okay. edits. Okay. No edits. All the snot marrow stuff. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to copy and paste it. So we I'm going to be more careful then. No, no, mm. please. So you fuck your mother. Yes. And how is she? No, my is mom and I. <laughs> you know, I never went through that thing with her where the teenage daughters hate their their moms. We she was always very beautiful, very slim, and and princess queenie yeah she was my grandmother was the queen she was the princess so there was no room in the house for another she was already princess. the big ego yeah or just, now, and i don't was, mean in the bad way i just mean she was big she was just a great feminine presence and so we didn't bump heads i was kind of tomboyish and different so we just kind of always got along very well she you think you wouldn't get along though if you're catching uh, toads by the crick and she's over there smoking a long thin cigarette yeah you know tipperillos she smoked cigars did she really? Yeah, cigars with a little plastic or, br- or wood tip on the. Does end. the smell still take you right to mom? I always enjoy the smell of a cigar. Yeah, I got a smell. She, she did it very rarely, but she, she loved it. Yeah. And my grandmother was a smoker. That was the first cigarette I ever had was hers. And Was she with you? Oh, yeah. She gave it to you? Oh, yeah, and she used to suck on her Winston's so much, no, Carlton's, that they were sopping wet and with lipstick. And that's how I thought all cigarettes were. Like, I had no idea they weren't all wet. Yeah. It was so funny when I bought my own pack for the first time. I was like, wait, where's the... Do you smoke now? Where's the moisture? No. Uh, Good for you. I did from, like, age 16 to 26. Okay. Those are interesting... Those are the danger years. Those are the good years to smoke. That's That's what I mean. It's like, you're young and... (laughs) Your body can, like, handle it. Your lungs... I I actually wasn't really meaning that as much as I was saying, those are the years where anyone would look at you and you'd get the desired effect, which is like, (gasps) you know what I mean? Because you're so young. Yeah. So you're just like, yeah, deal with it. And then you yeah. put Def Leppard collar up. I did like Def Leppard. I bet you did. I liked and a lot of Warrant. Him. You loved Warrant. <laughs> um, I may have seen Cinderella on stage. What does that mean? That's I saw that band. Oh, Cinderella the band. Yes. I thought you went and saw Cinderella on ice. I was like, oh You've no, taken a Cinderella hard left. the long hair glam rock. Sure, band. sure, sure. Here on Sunset Boulevard at Gazzari's. Do you still listen to uh, hard rock when you get a chance? I kind of listen to everything. That can't be true. Yeah. You listen to world music? Yeah, sometimes. Get out of my face. If I'm, if I'm listening to you, NPR, no. and it comes on, <laughs> sure. And I can't get to the station fast enough. No, no. The music in between acts on This American Life does not count <laughs> as I listen to world music. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, jazz? Yes. Country? I guess there's some country that I do like because there sure. are people that are considered crossovers. Yeah, yeah. You're, t- uh, you're T-Swift? I enjoyed some tea. So I like Dolly Parton a lot. I think she's Bosomed. amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. Amazing. Um, so yeah. You, but, I, I like, but what I I'm wondering is, do you put on a nostalgia album? Yes, I will often do that too. And do you try and teach your children the, the merits of Warrant? My son, luckily, at age two, became obsessed with Queen. Queen. So that is a Freddie Mercury. He loves Freddie Mercury. I mean, it's a good choice. He sparkles. He loves Freddie Mercury. He likes the drama of Swift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, children are right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Sometimes. I know they're not, you probably have to deal with them when they're they're not right. I mean, when they like things, they love mac and cheese. Yeah. They they love colorful things. They have a good meter. They like outdoors. I've never met a kid that isn't at least a little bit interested in magic, UFOs, hypnosis, psychics. The planets. The planets. Yeah. They're just so fascinated with Saturn. Yeah. And I'm just like, should I buy a Saturn? Like, that's, that's a sad if adult. You, if you get the opportunity. To buy a Saturn? You should. It's, an out of, it's like wearing British knights. I think you should. Do you get that reference? I do get that reference. Uh, L.A. Gear? 
Laguerre. <laughs> I rock some LA gear. Do they still have LA lights? Your kids probably wear blinking shoes. Yeah, but you just get them at Target. They last a week. Thanks for not apart. saying Target. I You're feel like welcome. that's done. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm okay with it. No, I just I feel bad that it's a problem for you. Oh, it's not. Guests say that a lot. No, I just kind of wanted to tell you I think you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> when it comes to choosing how you're going to sell it. Thank you. So let's finish. Your mom, elegant, covered in silks. She's got like a little th- footstool that's, you know, covered in some sort she's of just, soft. She's classy and saucy. And, and what did she do? She did a lot of things. Um, she owned a candy store. Is she living? Yes. So she still owns she's a candy She's watching store. my daughter right now. I really? I dropped her off there so I could come and do that. I see that. Oh, I see them just racing on llamas or playing croquet. Or They're probably, they are probably right now uh, cooking something, making yeah, a lunch. Sure. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll mix it with cream cheese, is yes. she's, what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. she's te- teaching her to eat strange uh, things. <laughs> so you, you, uh, she, she had a candy store. She owned a candy store when I was younger. Who is this woman? This I is know, fun. I know. And it was evil. It was like, give this fat daughter, and you're elegant and thin and don't care for chocolate. And you, so she had a candy oh, store, and you would go in just like I did. Oh, yeah. Was it like uh, little fish bowls, kind of with the circle, and you'd reach in and get the red penny candies? There was some of that, a lot of jelly beans. It was, you know, Reagan was in office, so jelly bellies were all the rage. Yep. So there was a wall of jelly bellies. It's weird how a president can affect a market of it's candy. Yeah. Like but, if Obama loved Twizzlers, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Would all be like. That's what a president should do. They should take a failing American confectionery yeah. company and just start saying, I like this. If Trump wins, we're all going to be eating Charleston shoes. Oy. Just because it's big. We're all going to be eating our own feces. Well. I fear. Yeah. Charleston shoe looks a little bit like a feces if all you've been eating is yogurt. It does. But if you pop it in the freezer, it's something. It's, you know what? I want to take <laughs> it away from my imaginary Trump. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't. He probably just eats dry peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time for dessert. Bring me the bowl of dry peanuts. And they're already shelled and they're not salted. Of course not, because he's afraid. He is. Uh, but uh, we don't know. I don't, I'm not a very political person. But anyway, so your mother owns this candy shop. She what was candy it called? Stores. The first one was in Sherman Oaks. It was called Old World Confectioners. So it was after we moved out from Chicago to L.A. So this wasn't that <clears> long ago. And then she had one in Northridge called The Chocolate Factory. No Charlie. Yeah, no Charlie. And <laughs> then she sold those. So you would go. And then she went back to school and became a, ther- a social a therapist. My father is a PhD, is a shrink. So then they were both shrinks therapists. But one was a candy convec- confectioner, confectioner shop, shoppy. Yeah. And then she became a shrink? Yeah. That's nuts. One was a hardcore Jew who became... A non-hardcore Jew mm-hmm. who married a princess who owned a candy shop. <laughs> yes. And then he became a shrink. Yes. Well, he uh, was always a shrink, but... Well, and, and outside of the orthodoxy shrink. Yes. A main... Like, he sees women. Yes. He's in closed rooms with women. Yes. And he, no one's he going... He enjoys women. My father enjoys... Does he sleep around? No, he doesn't sleep around, but he's always like... <laughs> he's always like to look. Oh. He always stares at boobs and... Tuchuses and Tuchuses. He would admit it too. He he. How's your mom feel about that? She's extremely confident. I don't want to. I yeah. I didn't think for a second that she would be anything else. Yeah. And I don't want to play into the stereotype that she must not like that. Maybe she does like. It. He's a virile guy. He's out there. He's feeling the juice. They've been married juice. for fifty-two years. They're not fucking around. So, yeah. No. I don't. Once you hit fifty, you're like, let me look at some titties, Denise. Yeah. I think they just. I think he's he's always just enjoyed the female form. Probably a reincarnated sculptor. 
perhaps. He loved eyeing dames. I've never thought of it so beautifully. I've never thought of if I became an artist, you could just leer leer at uh, naked women. Yeah, you just put an ad in a magazine and you go say, like, I'm I need sketching a, a nude. Yeah. yeah. And a naked woman will come to your place. Yep. And we'll be mad if you're not staring at her. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, are you looking at that vase? Yeah. Because I'm cold. Yeah. Let's do this. Look, my tits are down here. Do you think that they have to specify, like, body hair and type and stuff? I wonder. Because it's got to be more fun to draw a bush than a shed. It's more difficult. Is it? I would imagine. I think it would be fun. You, get, you could do it with, like, a gyroscope. You think? That's how the Lord put it on us. Um, or a, a uh, what is that called? A protractor. A protractor. Yeah. If she's, if she's a large woman. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all hoping that she is. Yeah. So you, you're saying you were doing... Like a nice Lucian Freud. Mm. Lucian Freud? Yeah. Is that Freud's son? Uh, no, he's, a, he's an artist. Oh. He did this fabulous portrait of this maybe 400-pound woman who's a bus driver. That's one of my favorite things. I love it. I've been very vocal about soft people in general being delightful yeah, and uh, Rubenesque. That yeah. There was a whole time, like for the most of human, you alluded to being a doughy child. Yeah. I, eating handfuls I've, of candies. I would describe myself as a little marshmallowy. Soft. Which I like, yeah. Who doesn't like it? Marshmallowy. I like soft. Yeah. Yeah. But was that difficult for you? Because I was just talking to my friend yesterday, my friend Pat. I was, I was the doughiest kid in my school and there were only like 30 of us. It was a private school. Only 30 doughy kids? No, only 30 children. <laughs> I thought you went to a dough school. <laughs> Specifically. It was a fat camp where we were like, let's just stay. And then we taught classes. We rolled around. We ate Charleston shoes. It was great. I love it. But uh, then uh, there were no fat people, even overweight people. There were no overweight people. And then one kid joined my last year, my eighth grade year. And instead of being like, brother, I just tried to divert all the teasing to him. Gotcha. I was like, look at him, huh? <laughs> I Look at that one. Six pounds on me. We yeah. shall alienate no, him. he was thinner than I was, but like I had more charisma. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Wayne, slow down, huh? Leave some fried rice for us. Aww, and I had a Wayne. huge mountain. Wayne fucking won. Did he? Wayne won. Oh, good. Wayne never bought it. Right. He was like your mom. He was confident. Yeah. And then I just went over being soft wearing two tight t shirts. I was a strange kid. I wasn't. Um... I wasn't necessarily, I mean, I liked some nerdy things, but I wasn't, I wasn't like an outcast nerd, but I wasn't a popular, but I kind of straddled things and I was strange. Like I wore, I wore a lot of my mom's clothes mm. when I was younger. So a lot of school portraits are me in like a, a linen blazer <laughs> and like a, a sweater and with a collar up and literally her clothing I'd borrow going wow. like, this, this is elegant and I'm going to look elegant. Wow. And, and I had a strange perm just on the top. Sounds amazing. <laughs> But you were, you were living. Strange. I often, you know, I've, I've found that with funny people is that they often found themselves in between worlds. I, I didn't know, I haven't interviewed too many people that like uh, hard associate with one group or the other. Like yeah. it was always the, the in between kids. That's probably where the comedy comes from. You're sliding between groups by observing and using comedy and figuring out what works for exactly. Which group. It's probably. Yeah, you're playing different characters. Yeah. Or it's not like you're being a sociopath, but you're wearing different hats. Yeah. I liked the nerds, and then I also would go to, like, some weird lacrosse party where I wouldn't drink. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I like – I still kind of like that. I still have strange sure. fractions of friends. and That's what life is. Yeah. That's why I, I, I really want to do the Enneagram. Anyway, it's a personality test. It's oh. one of those, like, very good ones. But I was just talking to somebody about this. It's like if I gave you a personality test, 
when, like, which Alex is going to take it. You know what I mean? Like, if you just got off stage doing it. The one that was dumb enough to say yes. (laughs) That's true. Yes. But that one doesn't represent the one that's too smart to take it. The one that day that felt needy enough to know, have to have someone tell them their personality. Right. So you're going to be the needy one taking it. I guess. But the confident you might answer very differently. Like, I have to imagine they're like, if you see a man struggling with the door holding two cakes, do you help him? And if you're feeling kind of, like, shy that day, maybe you're like, oh, maybe. A three, maybe. But if you're feeling really gregarious. trip him and eat the cakes. Well, now we're back to being doughy. No. Would you go and get handfuls of the candies? Oh, yeah. I ate so much of the candy. Oh, my God. Don't you just feel like when we were young that there was no understanding of, like, (laughs) nutrition whatsoever? No, there was understanding. I just didn't. You think so? Well, I mean, it was frowned upon. Tang was considered a fine alternative to Yeah, I mean, no, it's not certainly not crazy like it is today. Now. But but, uh, we didn't have candy. The thing is, we didn't have candy in our house or junk cereal or... None of that. Yeah. She had such a, you know, this weird Hungarian food, like, you know, head cheese and yeah. sardines. I was seeing, and like, salamis hanging. We never had sugared cereals. We never, whenever I'd go to someone else's house, I'd go nuts when they had it. But yeah. so it was strange that she got, opened a candy store. But Why did she do it? Wait a minute. Is this where we realize your mom was dealing drugs? Yeah, right. No, she, This was a front. She didn't eat torture candy. Me. I don't know. You can't be turning much of a profit. She also on made a lot of specialty things, and she was one of the first people to do it. She would make ch- molds and chocolate into the shapes of things, and a lot uh, of people would come. Like for bachelor parties, they would get like a boob, a chocolate boob on a stick, just like a, one boob, or a chocolate cock or chocolate. She was actually on. How many Alan balls Thick on the used to have a talk show called Thick of the Night, and she was on that show showing her chocolate cocks. She showed her chocolate cocks to Alan Thick. She did. Did he go, now that's thick? Yes, he like made some comment about its size, and then she... Is the, is the concern if it were two boobs that it's... Oh, wait, it's like, is it like kind of like... It's not just chocolate colored. It's, it's, they're trying to look like a complexion. They would do... They, some, some would be chocolate colored. Some would be flesh colored, uh, pinkish flesh. Some yeah. would be a brown flesh. Some, you know, they, but just one boob? Is the concern it looks too much like an ass? They were sold two? in separates. You got to buy two? They were sold. In, you didn't have to. No. Well, I, I think you do. I'm not going to enjoy a You could a, buy. A you could go total pop. recall and buy three. Ooh, you could do anything you want. child. Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I ate a lot of chocolate. Yeah. And, and so uh, do you – again, another thing. I know a lot of comedians that were, were doughy when they were growing up. Do you yeah. think that helped in any way? I think it helped me not grow up too fast. Mm. I think you kind of have a natural layer that kind of protects you from coming out too soon. Yeah, interesting. And you mean the the sleek hot ones are over there getting their periods at ten? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose you do. Bleeding depends on what you wear. I guess you're right. <laughs> Your shorts are too short. No, I, I, of course, I'm joking. But like, they grew up faster because they looked more like little women. I think so. Whereas the soft child looks like, hey, give that kid like a a wheel and a stick to chase it with. I think so. And like, I didn't. I had no interest in dating or doing any of that till later, like the end of high school. Like, I was kind of like, oh, maybe this would me be me too. And it kept me just kind of, I don't know, kept me from having to deal with any of that. I don't think it was conscious, but yeah. it worked out really nicely. Just That also just might have been your personality, too. It seems like you were comfortable enough to take it slow. I guess. I don't know. What and is- I'm glad. I mean, for me, I'm glad I banged when I banged. And When did you bang? Um, I was 21. I was 18 22. or 19. 18 or 19. That's too young. We're the same person, you and I. 
Isn't that crazy? <laughs> 18 or 19 is late, right? I mean, a lot yeah. of people are doing it. Oh, yeah. A lot, most, I'd say most people now. It's like junior high or high school. And it's terrifying. I was like just after going to college. Junior high? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, you don't have to like it, my friend. You just have to know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, arguably, I don't even need to know what's happening. I don't yeah. need to know what the junior high children are doing with their peepees and vajays. I'm glad I waited because I think I would have maybe burnt out earlier on it. Like I like. I feel I the had. same way about a lot of things. Alcohol, I came too late. Pot, I came too Me late. Too. Sex, I came yeah, too late. Yeah, I got late. high for the first time at like my 40th. Really? Yeah. I was 28. Oh. Uh, but you were 40? Yeah. Wow. Are you wowing that I'm, you can't believe I'm over 40? Because yes. you look amazing? Yes, Thank you, you look fantastic. Thanks. But uh, what, what was that like? You know, Let's talk I about had, your virginity and your pot. I had smoked a tiny One of my brothers got me stoned one on the side of our house. Brothers? One of my elders. It's not very Mormon. Got me, tried to get me stoned because he was having a party where a lot of people, and he didn't want me to tell, and he wanted me to be, be cool, so he tried to get me stoned, but it, I had like... I don't think I inhaled. But you were 40? No, no. This was when I So I'm saying I had oh. made an attempt at it when I was like. <laughs> if your brother was like, please don't tell on something. me, you should be like, you're 42. <laughs> no, you shouldn't but, care. <laughs> but, um, you know, it didn't after, work. after having done it at my 40th birthday, I realized, oh, I was not even stoned. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't work. So I, I smoked pot with um, my girlfriend last night, and I kept saying, You've never been high. You've never been, because I was so high that I was like, yeah, I know you've never felt this because it felt unbelievable. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. Anyway, so what was it like when you did it on your fortieth? It was really nice. I was like, oh, who gave it to you? I see how this works. That rascal this Seth really MacFarlane. Nice. <laughs> no, I got it from a friend of mine, a woman writer, uh, <laughs> and she gave it to me as a birthday gift. And that's what, so that's what I did. I had some friends over, and did she know that you wanted to try it, or yes. was she just rolling and the dice? And she was very excited about me, about me trying it. Everyone then, was very excited to see to see me get it high. And then you you smoke. The first time I smoked, I thought it was like a cigarette, so I took like a bunch of hits off of it. <laughs> like I really was like, "Don't worry about me." <laughs> so I'm like taking deep, long, like your grandmother. It yes. was wet. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I got so high I that I didn't imagine. I didn't come down fully. Like I wasn't. I didn't have my full faculties for a good week and a half. I was I was cautious, and it was perfect. I got yeah. high, and it was delightful. And then it became a birthday tradition. Now you do it on your birthday, and now so you've done I it also, two other times. I also did Monday night. I also I I got I may have gotten very high with a friend on Monday. Maybe the same female writer. No, this is a this male. Is the one friend with a really long name. No, this like, is a, I don't like that name. This is a gentleman <laughs> friend of mine who I've known for a long time. Knew that I was in a, in a bad mood and came over to, to cheer me up. Well, me I will sushi say, and, and got me high. That's what we did. Really? We had sushi last night. That's nice. We're, we're the same person. I'm telling you. Well, it is kind of freaking me out. It's really so, do, what's your pot like now? Not, just on your birthday? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I guess I should children? get one of those pot cards. I don't. I don't. So I don't know how to get any marijuana. So I just kind of wait till someone brings it to me. Or yeah. It's uh, there. Yeah, I don't like to do it if I'm on duty with my kids. Yeah. If I have my kids. Um, actually, so yeah, it was Wednesday night because my daughter was sleeping elsewhere. I have a seven-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. How lovely. Yeah. Which one do you like more? Um, Probably the girl. The one right? I aborted, I think. <laughs> no. No, you know, it really is that cliche, but they're so different. 
Yeah. There's things about each of them that I adore. I'm so interested in that. So, like, you have a kid, and sometimes you're like, oh, you've got that feisty temper like your grandmother. But then there's just these other, I have to imagine, other traits that you can't pin to anywhere. Oh, yeah. Just, like, naturally occurring They're hardwired. or yeah, something. Like, where'd that come from? It's, it's astonishing to What's, see what... Well, your son has to be a little bit more a person. Yeah, but he's a boy. They yeah. take longer to cook. Oh, do they? Yes. Interesting. Girls, yeah. your your daughter's smoking cigarettes. Girls come out a little more cooked. <laughs> Is that right? Boys boys have to develop an exoskeleton. <laughs> <laughs> like the lobster tails you bought today. Yes. I understand what's on your mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, You're just thinking about dinner. Yeah. <laughs> You're not no, he's, he's, fully here, are you? <laughs> he's an, my son is an interesting, interesting dude. Why? He'll be, he'll be very interesting. He's just got explosive Dying. passions <laughs> and diabetes. <laughs> he's got... He's Explain. Got, so he's, he, he's passionate. Passionate. About what? He's got what? these huge highs and these huge lows and... Oh, he's an artist. He's probably an artist. Um but but he's very interested in math. I'm really trying to push that. Really? Yeah. Well, he's he's uh, seven. He's seven. So now between now and twelve is when his brain is going to make the cuts. We'll see. But no, Explosive. it's true. He's he's very he's he's yeah no. Everyone. What you encourage him to do now, forever. Maybe or maybe not. You, that's the thing is you can't force them to like things. That's what I've learned for sure. What did you, I don't care for that part of parenting. He like oh no, who does? <laughs> they have their own brains and ideas. But the idea that you don't own your children is that something you're hip to? Like you are in charge of them, loving, caring for them, but you can't like you know impose something. You on can't. Them. You can try. I mean, you can expose them to as much crap that you like and hope they like it too. And that's the only way you find out. You still have to expose them to things to do see you ever, if they like it. But. Do you ever try and sneak it in? Like let's say you really love opera. But you don't want to freak your son or daughter away, so you just kind of put it on like it's no big deal, and then hope he's like, "What's this?" Well, we did that with piano. Is that right? Get him to turn. I mean, and and Queen. I mean, I played Queen music from the time he was in my uterus. (laughs) Yeah. Other things, weird things that I like, and your walnut. That's one that he took to. Yeah, I can't believe it. Is that fun? But you never know what they're going to take. It's like it's like an inception. It is. You're like kind of, but you don't want to push too hard. Did you try and get him to like something that he was just like, no? Yes. What was that? A guitar. No! Tried to get him to take lessons, tried to get him to like it. There's like one Ben Folds. There's like 50 cool guitar people. This is, is this is incredibly boring, isn't it? Are you kidding? I would be so bored listening to this. You don't understand. Right now, this is, you, the, I always morph to the guest, uh-huh. so I'm here with you, uh-huh. and I want you to feel wonderful. Firstly, it's uh-huh. great. But also, you have to understand that people are, love the feeling of eavesdropping on just a oh, colorful, really? fun conversation. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Okay. It's great. If you're happy. I'm not happy. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am happy. I feel great. So you tried to push guitar on him. Well, yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, I, we had this friend who played guitar and had him come over to do lessons. And it was like, you know, it was like Zero. I was trying to pull fucking teeth out of yeah. his head. It was nuts. And you really did have his best interest in mind there. Yeah, I usually do. Yeah. But he took to math? He's liking math. He's excited by math. And One he, second, please. He loves his mind. Nerd! <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I would have yelled it louder, but it's a very chill episode. I would love for him to... Be a nerd? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, what's going to be valuable? If he can, like, play Stairway to Heaven on a six string? Or, like, it depends stop on the company. A, an incoming hack? Hmm. On your home. Hmm. I'm going to say the hack one. What's his name? Phineas? 
I'm not going to tell you his name. Why? Because you'll judge me. I really want to know. <laughs> and now. everyone will. Autumn. <laughs> Daniel Aya. <laughs> yes. Is Daniel Give, give me the letter. Because in case he transitions later, I want him to have Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't impose a gender. Uh, what's the letter? B. B? Mm-hmm. Benedict? Stop. Bajulip? Vagina. <laughs> vagina. It's vagina. Well, we don't need to know. Yeah, you don't need to know. But uh, so he's a, a lovable uh, nerd. And then you have the daughter. He's tough. He's very difficult, but he's. What's that mean? Quirky. He's tough. Those is a little those, switchblade. A passionate dude is a passionate dude. He he can explode at really? you, and you and you're not sure when it's coming. It's like living with a little alcoholic. <laughs> 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 you just don't know what you're gonna get. Shut up. Yeah. And then he slams the door. He's like an adorable white Chris Brown. Okay. Yeah. Good thing he's not strong, <laughs> right? No, he's he's like I said, it's just you you. you How do you discipline a child? He's like not that? like one of these just mellow, chill. Yeah. He has. Do you take away his ideas. paints and his red wine? I take away the um, <laughs> the marijuana first. <laughs> well, that's, that's no. You know the, the only thing that Legos. He's very into Legos. I take away Legos and I to take away iPad screen time. Screen time. Minecraft. Um, yeah. That's a big thing. Minecraft is the one where you build. So he's like a little architect. You build worlds. I want to hire this child. I want to buy stock in this child. Yeah, he's he's and he's cool. two creative parents. He's interesting. And two PhD grandparents. Well, my mom's not a PhD, but yeah, I guess. Yeah. MFCC or one of those MFD. MFCC. MFT. MF, I, don't, I don't know. She wouldn't stop smoking in the PhD exam, and they were like, "Madam." Yeah, it's the master's like, level, I guess. Who cares, right? She helps people with their problems. Yeah, she did. Do you like, uh, are they helpful or is it kind of like all parents where even if they give you brilliant advice, you're like, mom, growing up, set up boundaries, mom, growing up, I wish that they would would have like smacked me a little instead of talking at everything out. Is that true? How do you feel? And what do you think? Yeah. yeah, Like the the way I was punished was I was not spoken to and they were disappointed in me and it was crushing. Like they wouldn't talk to you. Yeah. I'd get, I'd get the cold shoulder for a couple days and you're like, (laughs) A couple days? Yeah. I'm not talking to Alex. Pretty much. That's insane. Yeah. I'd rather take a good smack and then I'm sorry I hit you so hard. I mean, they would speak to me to communicate needs around the house, but it wasn't, it was made oh, clear like. It wasn't like. I'm extremely disappointed in you. Someone tell Alex to pass me the butter. <laughs> That's right. No, that, that was a lot. And the caper heads. Yes. And the marrow. The gherkins. The, oh, I love a good gherk. Who doesn't? A tiny pick? Mm-hmm. Are they stopping them from growing bigger? Is that as big as those cukes are going to get? Mm-hmm. That's, that wasn't yes or no. They're stunted. <laughs> they are stunted? Mm-hmm. I don't, like that. I don't like that. They're stunted. What do you do if your child's acting a fool now? So he's playing with his Legos and stuff. I, I, you know, because I'm interested in I wouldn't want to hit my kids. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Yeah, I, I don't Especially think Especially so. if you're white. Is that true? I guess so. <laughs> These like private schools and progressive schools. Like if I were to hit him and he were to go to school and say I hit him, I, yeah. I would probably have. I'd go to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd rather he have uh, nude Polaroids of himself in your sock drawer. Yeah, I, you know, I was shooting. That was a weird joke. I was. <laughs> it's as bad as something of that level. It's it's bad. I was shooting on getting on with Nisi Nash, and Nisi was always like, "You're not going to smack that boy." Smack that boy. You know, like total different parenting styles, and I envied. I, I always, that, that was what I threatened for a while. Do you want to go live with Nisi for a week? Is that right? Yeah. I wonder what that's. <laughs> I take things away. I, there's timeouts. I, you know, yeah, we, we take, you have to take things away. Is Nisi the one in the pilot that it's her first day? Yeah. 
You know what's interesting? Did you get this a lot? I, I watched some Getting On. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time watching even a, a pretend. It's a great show. It was so funny. Thanks. It's, a, in a, a, you know, people dying, though. It's hard. Yeah. I had the same problem with Six Feet Under. HBO yeah. doesn't back away from a, a good dying or, or heavy. I had the same problem with the, no, do, what's the Ricky Gervais one. You know what I mean. It was in a nursing home. Oh, right, right. Derek. Derek. Anytime where I see, like, the, the opening scene is you with the woman, and I'm like, ah. Yeah. And she's pretending to be dead, and I'm like, she's really old. Yeah, that was always a little odd on the set with these women knowing they're close to this. That's right. Yeah. You were working with someone who could believably be cast as someone who just slipped into death. I know. And you're like, you got the part. Yeah. Bad news, you really look like you could be dying any moment. <laughs> well, every day you show up to the set going... Who's are, around? Are they here? Yeah. Okay. Right? All right. Good. Heavy. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll keep watching it because I really enjoyed the pilot very much, but it, it, it took some getting used to. Yeah. What was that like working in that environment other than the... That project was the greatest thing I've ever done. Is that right? Yeah. It was the most special, the most amazing experience I've ever Was it a little bit more th- uh, three-dimensional and, and emotional than, say, like a family man? Family guy? Family man? Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah, you, I'm a I'm a 37 year old guy. There's no way I don't know that it's called Family Guy. It um, <laughs> how should I answer your silly question? With silliness. It, you know, it was just the, the material was amazing. Being on the set every day was a fucking amazing. It was challenging. I never knew what I was doing. It was great yeah. to be directed. It was and great to be really... handled. It was great to be, yeah, three more three dimensional. Using your face, using your whole body, and yeah, you know, it sounds like actor gaga but it was it was divine yeah it sounds divine but you've done all sorts of different types of acting you've done sketch acting mm-hmm. you've done voice acting mm-hmm. was that your first like serious big like i'm going to be a, a character in this way kind of thing not by choice i mean i i had been you know i had a little part in the movie called good night and good luck that was a mm-hmm. dramatic movie and and gotten to do some smaller things like yeah this was the first series mm. you know regular person where i'd get to kind of explore a character and mm-hmm. do it for any length of time mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was it was pretty exciting it is exciting and so it was uh how do you feel about the dying <laughs> that's my question did um, that show make you think about it more it made me think about it more just watching a couple episodes i think it actually made me more comfortable with it mm. yeah i think it made me feel a little bit more oh right this is happening no matter what mm-hmm. kicking and screaming or diving in smoothly like a pool it's happening mm-hmm. so yeah maybe it relaxed me a little bit well it is interesting we're one of the we talk about this a lot on this podcast we're in a kind of a death denying culture oh god especially sure. los angeles i mean i come from the midwest where you see seasons you know that winter is That's necessary what I would have said if you wouldn't say you know that if you wouldn't say it i would have said it. underneath the fucking surface yeah. is a summer that is going to come out whether you're alive for it or not it's still coming and people here you move here and it's evergreen and plastic and no one wants to age. No one wants to die. And yeah. It's, 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 it's disturbing. I think that's why everyone's a little cuckoo. I agree. It's a timeless feeling and, and it's a disconnect from nature. I'm from, you know, like I said, Boston where we had winter and all that sort of stuff. So you see it. Yeah. You go like, oh, this, it's the way of the earth. Mm-hmm. But like we, we want to make it seem like death is just something that happens in yeah. nursing homes or whatever. Yeah. We seal it off. Yeah. People don't want to look at it. Yeah. Dumb people. Dumb folks. Have you lost anybody close to you? My grandmother. Your Grammy Graham? That was With tough. the Siggies? Yeah. Yeah. Old wet Sig. Vera Gabor. She was something. And she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never see her again. Well, you know, you're thinking about her. You've got an image of her. Yeah. There she is. 
Yeah. Did that work? There's still um, a piece of furniture in my house that was hers, and when I open the bottom drawer, I can still smell her. Yeah. I do that every once in a while. Oh, that's very sweet. That's nice. So you were close with your Grammy Grammy. I was. She was vicious, but I adored her. What does that mean? She was biting and judgmental and way too honest and funny. Yeah. But. Biting yeah. and judgmental. You know, <clears throat> I be, the, I've known old folks from Boston, and they were all very inappropriate, kind of all in the family style. Mm-hmm. Was it a little of that? No, it was just, it was always like. Why you eat so much candy? You so fat and a pig. <laughs> and then she'd open the freezer and be like, "Here, have ice cream. Have a candy. Why don't you eat my candy? Why you want eat? You know, it was like cruel, but yeah. but hilarious. Well, that that reminds me. Of, that brings me back to your parents and the cold shoulder and all that sort of stuff. You're being raised by two shrinks and you're talking everything out. And you have this grandmother. It seems like you're being pulled in a lot of different directions. It's pretty interesting. Is it? I think so. Okay. I should and I should make it clear my parents weren't they weren't neglecting me and they weren't it wasn't cruel it was just their style of you know as opposed to hitting. My mom had a wooden spoon that she threatened with but My never, mom would threaten with a wooden spoon. Never hit you with it but but they just them being disappointed was enough to crush you. Yeah. And I think that's very Jewish and very Asian. I think a lot of Asian families their kids have the same kind of fear of failing their parents. A little bit of that tiger mom, a little bit of a shame culture. Yeah, yeah, I think where you it's it hurt. It reminds me of my dog actually. If I don't look my dog in the face, he gets very hurt. Really, I've learned that that's like a little tool where I feel like he's outside and he won't come in. I won't look at him until he comes in. Yes, so it's that sort of shame structure. This is all the only way I can. I have a new puppy, and the the puppy trainer taught me the same thing too: to look when they're demanding or barking, to look away and look up and. And then, yeah. yeah, like a New Yorker cartoon. Yeah. Like, no! <laughs> no! I like how you slipped in that you read the New Yorker. Nice. I do read the cartoon. Well done. Yeah, my mom got me a subscription. I've been in the New Yorker. Really? Deal with that. You're awesome. Thank you. So. I don't think I... I oh, well, they did, an, they did a piece about getting on. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Okay. Did they, did they dry you? Yes. That's amazing. That that beats. I contacted the artist and was like, "Can I? Can you make me a print of this?" Oh my god! Did they? Yes. That's amazing. I remember telling the cartoon <clears throat> editor at the New Yorker about the Family Guy episode. I asked him if he had seen it with the the long jaw. Uh-huh. Is that his name? Long jaw. Um, bo- um, bottom tooth. Bottom tooth. Yeah, it's Chris Sheridan. Yeah. No one at the New Yorker poops. It was amazing. <laughs> one of the best episodes ever. Do you, do you enjoy the Family Guy show? I do. I do too. We just finished our fourteenth season, and this this past season, I was writing again, so it was kind of nice to be back in the mix. Oh and, wow! And be in the room again. Cons- you know, Are I, you I wasn't always there pitching day. Lewis uh, <laughs> Lois storylines. Um, no, I know. Better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could uh, focus a little bit how more about, on Lois. How about the, sh- the lady gets the joke? No, I'm sorry, that's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just going to take my shirt off and fight something. No, okay. you know, we do. There, there do tend to be more Lois things that might get in the script when I'm there, just because. Even if I didn't come up with it, if the yeah, tag rooms sure. come back with it, and then if I deliver it, it's more like, oh, this is real because I'm yeah, there to deliver it. So, for sure. So it might, me being there might, you know, help more Lois jokes in there, but they're not necessarily. Is it a fun room? I, I, I thought there was a story room and a joke room. Is, is that the case? There are many rooms. There's, there's about 20 writers usually, 18 to 20 writers, and they have a main room. And then, then we were sent off into little pods, gag rooms to work. Like, oh, we need a TV gag on this, so we'll send this room off to do t- TV gags. So fun. We need a historical gag here, so let's send here's – the, here's the line to go off from. And So you have all these different rooms working at the well, same time. It's so time. funny. It's, it, it's definitely one of those shows where you're like, how did, how did that get 
it's like a cartoon that actually was pushing out the boundaries. The thing that I always talk about is the gag where uh, Peter is just digging up something with one of those claw machines, and, and the joke is that it takes a really long time. <laughs> I was just, and it's, I went to the studios. I've done voices uh, on your show and on American Dad and all that stuff, and so I, Linda, who's so sweet, gave me a little tour, and that's all I wanted to know. I was like, how did you do that? Like, And they told me, everything's down to the second. And yeah. I kind of... Naively there are thought, people who just are responsible for timing. That's crazy. Because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. That, the, the, the birth of that type of gag where it's just like, so what are you going to... I know that's performance. Yes. But then the animation also kind of mirrors that tone. It's, it's and when, just, you know, it, when Peter falls and hurts his knee and it's... Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... I mean, that's so musical. It's so much rhythm and when to come out. And we, we call those gags toe-sats. Toe-sats? We call them you know, Take Our Sweet Ass Time. Uh. That, you know, just like, which they, it started as a joke calling it that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a toe-sat. Someone made a stupid, uh. oh, we'll take our, and then it kind of clicked. And uh. We actually use it and <laughs> hate ourselves for using it. But when you want to describe, like, here, I think this is actually going to eat up time. I, I feel like this is a toe-sat. That's so fun. <laughs> what is it like uh, with the fans? Are people, people must be rabid. They must be very excited. People love it. Yeah. There's so many people that were raised on it. For sure. You know, there's so many people that it's just a part of their their vocabulary. It's yeah. their being. It's I know. I think one of the highest compliments you can get doing comedy is if you infect someone's vernacular and that show has filled so many gaps yeah. in people's No, it's crazy. Talk about a toe sack. It's weird too, like now I'm a single person again and Are you divorced? I am, yeah. Oh, well, they gotta update your Wikipedia. Well, you know. Um somebody can do it. But so now if if I meet somebody that's younger than I, which happens a lot, you know, I'll say, oh, I, mean, I used to be on the show called Matthew. They're like, I know I grew up watching you. And it's like, ah, oh, God. But they have <laughs> it's to, disturbing. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you leave them voicemails as Lois and they're just like, will you marry me? No, <laughs> like they're no. really into it. No, really but it's just so it. weird. You forget like. Oh right, that was that's been it's been a really long time, and, and it's on like YouTube stuff. You know, everyone can see everything forever now, and nothing goes away. And yeah, it's very strange. Well, what happened? I'm a divorced person as well. You oh. married a, a writer on the show, wasn't it? No, I married someone who's another actor. Another actor, another voice actor, or they do other acting things. He did other acting things. And how long were you together? We were together for almost twenty years. Married 20 for sixteen years. Yeah. And what what flavor is your divorce? How are you feel? How long ago did it happen? Um, year and a half, I guess, close to yeah, year and a half, two year, two ish. Hmm. And, what, and where are where are we at? Are are you like friends with this? this yeah, child? yeah, we're good. We we live like three blocks from each other, uh-huh. and have the two kids, and the two kids to give them continuity stay in my home predominantly. But then he comes every morning, hmm. get them ready for school. He takes one, I take the other. And if you didn't have kids, would you be like, go away forever? <laughs> probably. We probably, would have, we probably would have said goodbye. I mean, because it seems like, why, you know. Right. Why would you? I mean, although I am, I am still friendly with well, pretty much every ex mm. I've had, I still talk to them and keep in touch and see them. So maybe we would have. But Interesting. But maybe after some time. I don't know. I know it's a personal question. What, what happened? I'm interested in love and what happens. And did you... <laughs> think it was it ran its course and <laughs> started getting toxic. Yeah, I think things have a shelf life. Yeah. And what does it look like when things stop being fresh? The shelf is empty. <laughs> <laughs> you have to restock. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. You won't get much out of me on this. That's okay. <laughs> I had I, I did an interview recently with a woman who I didn't know was getting divorced, and she kept just being like, I, I'm not going to talk about that. And she wouldn't even tell me that it was a divorce. Oh, yeah. So that happens. No, we are we are in each other's lives for the rest of our lives. And, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm proud. Like, we're making it work very well. But how, how was it for you, we I had, guess? We had Shabbat dinner all together last night. Mm-hmm. And, and on what day? Shabbat. That's Friday kidding. night. No, you, I should specify. People don't know what the hell it's Shabbat is, Joe. right? I know what Shabbat is. Not everybody does. I just emailed a rabbi to do the show, and I was like, unless Saturday isn't good for you. Nice. It wasn't. That's how you pass. <laughs> That's how you continue to do it, blue eyes. Uh, old blue eyes. I didn't wear my uh, my passes Jewish glasses <laughs> today. I, well, how is it for you? you? It's been a year and a half, and now you're single. I mean, you were with somebody for 20 years. It's been very interesting. What does it feel like? Exciting, scary, yeah, all that daunting. It feels like a rebirth of sensual. Sorts. It's crazy. You had no idea there'd be a. I don't know if it's a second chapter. Maybe it's an epilogue. I don't know what it is. But you had no idea there were going to be other pages in the story. Yeah. So it's, so it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly there are all these blank pages in the back of the uh, of the book, and now you're filling them in. Yeah. Crazy. It's very, very strange, and it's and- yours to write, and it's it's. It's it's interesting. It's weird that life can be that long. When I got divorced, I remember being like, I didn't think I... And it was the first person I'd ever been with. How long were you married? I was married between 22 and 28, so six years. Six years. Don't make me do the math. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I was doing it out loud. Six years. That's six young. Six years when we were together. Yeah, yeah, very young. That's young. But I really did think it was forever, forever. It's silly to think, but I did. Yeah. And then, uh, and now I'm like kind of... I remember the first person I was with, I was like, this is absurd. It took me a really long time Mm -hmm. to be comfortable with another person. The whole time I felt like I was cheating, even though we were divorced. She had an affair. They know all about my divorce. Gotcha. But how does it, are you dating people? Yeah, I'm dabbling, as I like to say. Do you you have people pulling you in the like, don't settle down. You should have a guy in Venice. You should have a guy in Santa Monica. You should have a guy in Marina Del Rey. No, you know, I have no one in my life that sounds like that. Okay. <laughs> everyone that's has quit odd. smoking. That's a, but that's a very normal <laughs> voice that I did. I thought that was very uh, uh, relatable. No, people do. People people like to chime in. And, and the thing that I find strange is that it's almost like cancer, that people are scared. They don't know what to say. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, other parents and stuff at the schools – the divorces haven't all started happening yet, so every, mm-hmm. a lot of people are still together. So we're kind of the freaks, and no one no one knows what to say. Well, that's the I do remember they invite that. you to play date things? It's going to be weird. It's just you and, and you people know. do think it's contagious. Yeah, a lot, similar to cancer too. Like even though we know that's not contagious, we know divorce isn't contagious. But sometimes divorce can have like if you're really militant and you're like it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, and then you go out with Diane. Diane's back, and then you tell her, and then she's like, you know, Phil is a piece of shit. That's the right. fantasy. People are worried that you're this rogue, scarlet letter person. Right. Obviously, that's not true. Yeah. But you're 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 an outlier. You're the you're yeah. The you're first an outsider batch. then. Yeah. But you're the first batch of divorces. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 very interesting. I mean, it's been it's been enriching. I think as a performer and a writer, it's been very good in that regard. Mm-hmm. And seeing this whole other universe, that life can be that long. I've always believed in in parallel universes, and now I know I've just established one. Well, you get to have two in in one. Yeah, yeah. You get to have two completely different kind of yeah. incarnations. Yeah. And and are, are you an accidental universe? Are you okay alone? How so? Like, I remember when I got divorced, it was very sad just sleeping in a bed alone. 
Or were you like, I'm going to sleep like an uppercase X? No, it's, yeah, there's some uppercase X. And <laughs> there was, there was, you know, it was a long demise. It was, there was a, three years that, you know, we struggled and worked for three years really hard to try mm-hmm. to. So there was so much of that time while you're still technically married where you're kind of dealing with that loneliness and dealing with that. So that by the time you're technically out from under it, it feels more light. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can breathe easier in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I have a three-year-old that still climbs into bed with me every night. So yeah, not the always lower alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a pretty full life. So she's yeah, yeah. I get some alone time. I get some masturbation in, yep. and then she comes into the bed. I was hoping that she wasn't there during the. No, she's not there during that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you have some time too. It's like Tuesdays and Thursdays are daddy's nights with them and mm-hmm. so i'll have those evenings out and be able to nourish myself mm-hmm. with people yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh it's kind of nice you just didn't know you'd have this whole other <laughs> life yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm blushing <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute wait a are you minute. in love with somebody no i'm not in love with anybody mm-hmm. should i be <laughs> No. Well, I always, when I, you just got out of a long thing. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in a relationship for like a year and a half and I was like, I kept thinking, because I, I would often uh, get out of a relationship or be broken up with or break up with somebody or whatever. And then like a couple weeks later, I'd just start seeing somebody else. And I, when I was in this relationship that was pretty like repressive and strange, I, I would write myself emails like for future me where I'm like, please promise me you'll just take a beat. And it wasn't just about like having anonymous sex or anything. It was mm-hmm. just about like, Please know that you're enough. <laughs> like, just mm-hmm. you don't need a girlfriend. Like, the, the example I always say is like, I had a wife, and I thought because I had a wife, I could go get a massage. I thought like only couples went to get massages. I know that sounds absurd, but it, for some reason, I was like, you kind of have to be with a woman to go get a massage. That's crazy. It's a little odd, but go it ahead. is odd. I was 22. But now I'm like 36 and I'm like, yeah, go get a fucking massage by yourself. Like love yourself. Do the things that you would do with a partner with yourself. Like you can enjoy – like a movie alone used to seem so sad to me. And now when I see a guy or a girl alone at the movies, I'm like fucking rock and roll, man. That's Indiana Jones. I love going to movies by myself. And you can leave whenever you want. I love it. I do – eating alone is something when I see – especially if I see men, older men eating alone. It breaks my heart sometimes. I feel sad. Where's Ethel? Someone's dead, or, yeah. or you're a monster, or something horrible happens. Yeah, I, 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 don't I like creating those stories about di- single diners. I had a, a, a talk show, and we did a monologue about eating alone and how sad it makes me. And like, there's something that it draws light to the fact that you're like, I need this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's pathetic. Everyone's watching me refuel. Yeah, it's it's like we. I think we're all kind of a little bit embarrassed by eating because we're like, it's a birthday dinner, and we talk, and because it's it's very it's. By definition, needy. Like, I'm getting weaker. I need the sandwich and I'll be okay. And so we, doing it alone is very sad. And we feed Can ourselves be. much more than we need. That's the so other thing, yeah. there's shame as well. Yeah, there's a lot of shame. <laughs> so if you can fill it with conversation, yeah, maybe Nobody will notice where that last taquito. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. So much extra sashimi. So much extra. So you're in love. I am in love, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And it's very easy. That's and good. And I like the easy stuff. It should stuff. be. It should be, right? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about your art should be easy. When you're creating things, do you like it 
Do, do you mm. follow a path? It hasn't been lately. It's been it's been a rough path lately. What there's do you been, mean? There's just been so many almost rands. It's been pitching stuff. You mean selling stuff, getting it days before shooting, something falling apart, yeah. collapse, yeah, lots of that. Working on something for six months and then coming to find out there's another project out there very similar. Really, these kinds of things. Like, are you? fucking kidding me that's a heartbreaker it is should isn't it somebody's job to go like there's this is in development development at new line you just fi- you find out by you're in the middle of researching and you're googling stuff and all of a sudden uh, you're oh shit what was that can you tell me i mean the idea is dead no we might still we might still i'm obsessed with time travel and it's a time travel really piece and and we might still try to pursue it in another vein we might still try to do it why, you love time travel. What is that? What is that like? What does that mean? <laughs> um, Most people are like, "Yeah, that'd be cool," but like, what does it mean to really be into it? Like, you think we're going to do it? Well, I like the idea that mathematically, like that, 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 that with with physics, there are ways we could explain on paper something that could be possible. Mm-hmm. It's never been achieved that we know of. Maybe Edgar Allan Poe, but you'll just have to Google that. I don't but, understand. <laughs> I'm not going to Google that. This might, is the show. He might be a time traveler. That's all I'm going to say. What um, do you mean? <laughs> you just have to look it up. No, you're I'm here. Not, no. This is the show. This is not the pre-interview. Clickety, clackety, clickety, 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 What? <laughs> Give me one tidbit. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe wrote some pieces that were very accurate descriptions of things that happened in different times. In the future. In the future. For him. People's, down to the names of some of the people involved in these tragic accidents. It's, it's, it's very interesting and strange, and I sound like a cuckoo. But anyway. That's what this show is. It's called You Made It Weird. I made it weird. Make it weirder. So I, I love, I love the idea that time travel is possible, and I love the idea of... of having the ability to create multiple universes. And if you could control that and create an, a parallel universe. Well, would have to, right? I mean, if you and I went back, this universe, I guess there's two theories, right? You could explain this probably better. Either I'm changing this reality and it vanishes and it turns into something else. Like if I go back and um, stop somebody from being born, then this world would stop existing because they were here and they changed all these things. Or you just go back and that starts another parallel reality right uh yeah i mean the way that we had fashioned it which i was so proud of was to allow and you know you you make things up you create your own ideas of how this could be possible you base it in some actual science and but some of it's just you know okay i'm going to adapt the idea of string theory yeah and use string theory and and use water and use resonance and use vibrations and because all of this accurately makes sense on paper, mm-hmm. um, so you can kind of create your own rules. Mm-hmm. But we were very proud. We'd fashioned some rules that that were fun to play with, and were new. That were fun, and that were kind of new, and that that hadn't been done. But unfortunately, some of our players in our in our script um, are being used in another project for television. Oh, so you lost cast? No, no, our our. Our characters within the show are made up characters uh, based on people in history. Oh, so it's like Abraham Lincoln is a vampire slayer. Something like, like that. You've ruined Abraham Lincoln for this season. Right. You can only have one Abraham Lincoln movie. Right. Something like that. But right. it's too fucking similar. What would you do if you went back in time? Take your dog on a wild adventure? Hit it. I would not do this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the first thing. No, what would I do? Oh, wow. That's You'd just be eating anchovies. Well, I just have to assume. I wouldn't I, I, I perhaps would not get married as young as I did. Interesting. That's perhaps maybe that is something I'd change. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Yeah. At all or not with that but maybe I'd I'd have a little more of a a relaxed attitude. I think I'd do that across the board like I was so busy to so in such a rush, mm, and mm-hmm. graduated college in three years. I wanted to be done and move on, and then now what? Like I just did a lot of rushing, and <laughs> maybe I'd slow down. That that chronic would help with that. Maybe I'd go back far enough to to help my parents, like get them to be like pot smokers uh-huh. while they were boning. Yeah. So like in utero, I was chill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now we understand why you opened a candy shop. Like have my mom smoke a bowl. Yeah. My mom recently tried getting high. We tried to do it together, and it was really funny. What happened? She didn't. She, she has back pain, so she got a medical marijuana card for reals, and she's been in a lot of pain for real. And so she was like, "I can't do it. I tried it. I just don't think it works." I'm like, "You're doing it wrong." And she's like, "Oh, I'll bring it over." So she, you know, came over one night and sat and took reefer with you and smoked weed with my mom, and and I did just enough to be very relaxed and happy. And she was like. My head is hurting. It's not working. I have a headache. Oh, God. I don't like this. Oh, this God. is. And I was like, what the fuck? You are so tight. You did wound. weed wrong. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? what happened? How do you have a headache? It's supposed to do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my back time. is worse and I have less appetite. <laughs> it was crazy. Turn off this, Bob Marley. It was crazy. And the other day, she was like, oh, you have a night without the kids. Oh, dang it. I should have given you my pot cigarettes uh, so you could really relax. I love, <laughs> I love that she calls them pot cigarettes. I would have. I wanted to get my mom high, and then I hung out with her for 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Wait, I remember this person. Yeah. Like, sometimes, I, like, you think of them as being somebody that maybe you could uh, do new things with. I was hoping she'd get, <laughs> I was hoping she'd get you know, giggly and yeah. she'll be like that. Like, she would get like that after plum wine, you know. Or, yeah, sure. Or Hungarian liqueur called palinka. There you go. She would get kind of giggly. But we, uh, liquor kind of slides in and weed kind of uh, expands. It, there's there's an element of surrender to weed, meaning you can be good at being high. Nobody's like good or bad at being, I guess you can be, I th- feel like it's easier to be drunk. You drink it and it kind of whispers itself in. Whereas weed mm. sometimes is it's like an explosion. It's like a firework inside and you're like, well, I guess this is weed. And then it's like, and then you're just high and you're like, yeah. ah! Yeah. I have a headache. Yeah, weed is more you know? like a book. It's that axe that breaks the seal. It's the what? It's like an axe that, that you know, it's like <laughs> taking an axe to a layer of ice. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Exactly. Yeah. Liquor, I, my mom drinks, and that's what I did with her, would go out and get, like, drinks, and she could enjoy that. But weed takes someone, you have to have something weird happening to you, and then you have to go, yes. You I'm know what I mean? enjoying this, Instead yeah. of like, no, I want this over. Yeah, she's not good at giving up control yeah that's both my thing. parents have been teetotalers their whole life just really like Manischewitz on Shabbat and that's about it who's opening it for them you are you and I <laughs> let's make a pact yeah have you ever done psychedelics no that's weird I never will why terrifies me really oh yeah I will say the family guy episode where Brian takes mushrooms uh huh I didn't like that. <laughs> you didn't care for that? I didn't care for that. I like, I like, you know, I get it. 
as a as a TV writer myself, you're gonna have to have his trip go sideways. But I'm watching it. and I'm like, I, I wish I hadn't seen this, like Stewie with mouth eyes and stuff. Have I'm you like, ever seen that clip on YouTube of the woman from the fifties? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's. I love that clip. That looks divine. I, that's, that, where that she goes, sometimes. I feel so bad that you can't see this. Yes. <laughs> that that looks. That's warm. what you and I were hoping would happen when we got our moms high. Yes. You want them to be in black and white yes. and wearing old timey clothes and just going. I feel so bad that you can't see I this. wanted to tie an apron on her. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what I want to watch. I, I've never done LSD, but if I did, I would watch that video first and not the family guy or while, And then while you're on it. While you're on it. I find watching screens when you're uh, tripping is, is not – I don't understand people that are like, we ate mushrooms and then we watched a movie. I'm like, why? I have it's just gotten, a two-dimensional uh, I have smoked a little weed thing. and watched a bad movie and that was fun. But I do yeah. get – I become very different when I get high. I can't stop smiling, just yeah. like a shit-eating grin, and laughing. But yeah. I am, I am not capable. Like I don't know how, how people write while they're. High. Oh, I don't understand anything. I am not capable. Of I don't understand how people go sense. out and get a job the next day. I don't know. Like how. you're sober the next day. We we're talking about being late bloomers. I'm so glad I didn't smoke pot till I was 28. Otherwise, I think I'd be renting mopeds on Santorini. <laughs> like I think I think I'd just be like, life is just smiles and fun, man. I need enough money for a papaya and one can of Modelo. I had that Santorini experience. You do? <laughs> I what, did. What do you mean? I went there and rode rode a moped. I moped did too. On it. That was hilarious. too too specific of a pull for me to not I have. Loved it. Rode. I rode uh, mopeds on Santorini. You did that? Yes, I did. That's amazing. Yeah. What time of year? Good. It was a summer. We were there in the winter. Yeah. The only reason I asked was because it's slow in the winter. So we we were like kings of the road. We were like three nerds on mopeds. Isn't that fun? In the Greek Isles. The first time I went was backtrack backpacking trip with my best friend, and we rented one. She was too scared to drive, so we rented one together, two on one scooter. Oh, fun! So you both die, Tom Hanks style. What was that movie? Where the poster was him on a. You remember it though? I do remember it. It looked bad. I think Nia Vardalos wrote it. Uh huh. We'll call him Larry King. Larry something like that. Larry the Legend of Larry King. <laughs> yeah. Caller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Larry Crown. Larry Crown hit it. Crown. Oh, legend. Something like it's that. It's so bad. It I looks so it. bad. If somebody goes into a studio and goes, "I have a pitch for you," Tom Hanks on a moped. It's called Larry Crown, and they're like, "It was deal. Also, it was also Julia Roberts." So of course they said deal. You can ruin two any two great actors by putting them on a moped. Let's try it, you and I. Oh, yeah, you and I. Ruined. <laughs> Although I think, I think we might pull it off. You put, like, your Brad Pitts and your serious ones. On scooters. Put Christian Bale on a scooter, and you're like, I can't believe you were ever Batman. Yeah, it might be a dick softener. It's a dick softener and <laughs> a pussy right. evaporator. It is. It's like Downey for the penis. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Downton Abbey Ooh. for the vagina. Nobody in Downton Abbey is moist. You don't think? Yeah. Maybe some of those maids, No. I think when they start having sex, there's like a like a squeaking. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Like a squeegee. There's no. No, it's gross. Hmm. It's a gross sound I made. How did you lose your virginity? Lose. That's such a strange term. I know you had it. You lose something. Where did I put it on this young boy's penis? Very weird. And then it It disappeared. It was very. Oh, let's not assume it was standard. It was standard. I was. it, It was. I think it was after I went to college and came home for the summer. It was with a boyfriend and Okay, right away. That's romantic. You came home. Who's this boy? High school friend? High school boyfriend? Yeah, it was someone who was ahead of me in high school. Ooh. And and 
And then we, we did a play together. He was a writer and he wrote a play. We kept in touch and we, he said, I'm going to write a play for you. And oh, good he line. wrote a play and I came home that summer and he wrote this great, really he great. He did play. it? Yeah, we did a play. Was it a one act? No, it was a full play. You was, did a full play? Yeah. And we had a director and everything and we put it up at a theater in the valley and, and then we were banging. We started, you know, a director-actress thing. And Wait, then... were you rehearsing a scene on a cotton bed? No, we were not. Were you in a teepee where he found his inspiration? It wasn't my bed. I won't say whose bed it was. Was it Seth MacFarlane's bed? <laughs> no, this is long before I knew Seth. <laughs> you, want, you want some dirt on Seth, apparently. No, I just think it's funny to guess him when it clearly <laughs> couldn't have been him. It, um, yeah, yeah. He came over and and we were gonna hang out, and he he showed up with a toothbrush. That's presumptuous. Like, oh, I guess we're fucking. I guess we're doing this. That's how you knew. Yeah, I was like Oral oh, B and D. This is happening. This Oral guy brought BJ. a toothbrush. Well, and was it okay? Yeah, the, it was nice. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Long, short. His member? No, the session. Ah, uh, it was long. It was it was long and and. Yeah, he he. It was not his first time. Yeah, so he knew well, what he was doing. He's writing plays for women. I'm pretty sure he's getting laid quite a bit. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, and we open on a divine goddess. I, I'm trying way. to remember if I if I had an orgasm or not. I don't know. I'm going to guess no. Probably not. But although he's dipping his quill pretty good. But but yeah, it was nice. And then we continued to see each other. I went back to school, and then it didn't last. It was long distance, and yeah, that brought its own problems. But but yeah. Then there was a series of boys in college. and What's your breakup to being broken up with ratio? You know. I have a, I have a guess. <laughs> You've ahead. only ever broken up. Until recently, yes. Hit it. Yes. I very recently <laughs> was – it wasn't a relationship though. I was dabbling with somebody and I got text dumped. Ooh. That was – what I realized, that was the first time I had – ever been done wow and it was kind of i'm gonna say it doesn't count you're you're still it was kind of like really <laughs> this, hap- this is how it happens yeah what what, what did they say <laughs> they said i said oh do you want to do this thing on tuesday like we had just seen each other on a thursday and i said do you want to do this thing on a tuesday or whatever are you taking him on friday uh-huh you did a thing on thursday you're waiting a day you're new to the game uh no, we had chat. We had chatted before. But I think it was a chat. couple days later. But I said, "Do you, I got invited to something?" Okay. And so I said, "Hey, do you want to go to this thing?" And then the response was, "Well, I've been thinking about it, and I think we should just be friends." Red heart emoji. Went with the heart emoji. <laughs> yes, a red one. And that was my my reply. My first reply was, "So that's a no on Tuesday." Uh... And then I said, um, "You know, by the way, when you dump, if you dump gals, like don't, use the yellow." The red sends a mixed message. Yeah, because yellow is like a friendshipy color. Yeah, like yeah. What, what, it's like rose colors. Why? And Send it a just, white. It heart. just struck me as funny to include a. a red you know, heart. I don't even like the kissy emoji. If, if we're not, if we're not making out on the regs, don't send me a smoochy smooch. If you're text dumping, just do yeah. it or do the poop. It was just, but it was it was it was. Go for the salsa dancer, black. Or the black hands clapping. Black hands clapping. Like, I think we should Something just be friends. Something that says we should just be friends. And it's because you're not black. <laughs> and here's Morgan Freeman applauding yes. the idea. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. that, how, how many times had you gone out? 
I, I, the only reason I'm asking is I want to exonerate you from this blemish on your record. You think it doesn't count? It depends on a few factors. How many times have you gone out? I mean, it, it was uh, it was kind of cool to have that experience, like to know like this happens, like you've yeah. heard about text sure. dumps and this and that, and so it was kind of a good thing. And for material, it was yeah. fun to experience in You're that regard. living. But I don't know how many. We've just a handful of times. Um, it's Five not times, a breakup, maybe? though. Not no, a breakup. One, two. Yeah. Had you uh, like had intercourse? Uh, no. Definitely not a breakup then. No, there was Absolutely some tomfoolery, not. but there was not. Orgasms were had. There was not um, penis in vagina. Yeah, penis near vagina, <laughs> but not in. <laughs> 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 Not near my vagina. <laughs> so I it absolutely does not count. It doesn't. You are you are a hundred percent always the breaker upper. Wow. This guy. What's his name? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I would say. I mean, with my marriage, it's so much more complicated. Sure. It's. it's you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's a slow. An undoing, as opposed to someone dump. You know, there's well, no a marriage. I think believing. really is two two people creating this third thing. So the third thing ends it or continues. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like it's not like a we're dating and right. I'm ending it. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. It it goes its own way. So yes, unless it's. I mean, maybe some people have an experience where all of a sudden their spouse shows up and goes, "Here are divorce papers. Yeah, I want out." I guess that feels like a just complete dump. That happens, but. But that wasn't the case. So yeah. So I guess Sinatra and what's her name? I guess I haven't Rosemary's had a, baby. a complete dumpage yet. Yeah, you haven't. No, this Which, is all good. It's good. This is all good for you. Good oh. for your comedy bone. Yeah, right? you're in there. I guess so. Life is exciting. It is. You're being called from the. You, you were in this village, and you're like, I'm going to be in this village. Yeah. And that's my village. Yeah. And you then get, next you're thing like, you know, this is the only cock I'm ever going to see again. That's right. And then someone hands you another cock. Yeah. And you go, not near my vagina. Yeah. And then he texts you. Yeah. It's crazy. But that's an adventure, and it sounds like you're saying yes to the adventure. Yeah. It's been it's been fun, and it's been interesting that it's been. I certainly didn't. I didn't end the marriage and then go. Oh God, I want to get out there. I'm dying. Yeah. I was very much like my kids are my priority, and I'm gonna. And then things started, you know, different people started materializing, mm-hmm. and, and interesting dabblings began. Life. So it's been. It's good. It's been really fun. <laughs> you are blushing. I am a little, right? I'll send you a yellow heart. <laughs> I don't have your phone number. Well, get my email. I'll email you, can you send a it yellow email. heart. <laughs> well, that's really exciting. I'm happy for you for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see what, you know, beginnings are kind of neat. What about aliens? What about aliens? You believe in that? Nope. Ghosts? Mm, no, not you, in the sense that I think people believe in ghosts. You talk to your grandma, not trying to be callous? No, I think you can be haunted by somebody, but I don't necessarily believe it's a ghost. Oh, interesting. Kind of a metaphoric. Yeah. It's like they're still with me, but they're not there. It's in your head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, but I come. I sleep at your uh, your house, mm-hmm. and I come and I say there was a small boy crawling up the stairs. You go, Pete's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How dare Maybe. you? How dare you? I don't know. I've never experienced it. It's well, you know, you're believing in Edgar Allan Poe time traveling, and I like that. By the way, this is the I believe everything podcast. By mm-hmm. the way, so I enjoy that. Sort I of believe stuff. in time travel. No moral code. No moral code. And the blank sheet is the best. The blank sheet is the best? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, you know, just the beginning of any, any project. Or sitting uh, down to write. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And we're, we're always chasing that novelty of the next thing and will it work, and that's really fun. Yeah. His family guy, uh, I wonder if it just feels like an old old uh, lover at this point. 
It Not does. In a that's bad a, that's way. a nice description. Yeah. It feels like a great, a great, comfortable set of arms that you can fall into. And but at the same time, you must be writing your time travel pitches and all that because you want you want the novelty. Too. Yeah. You want oh, both. Yeah. But the, the heroin, the fix is exciting with the new thing and the yeah. new idea. And, yeah. And you know how this business is. None of them get made, but. You maybe sell a few of them and yeah. have other people excited for a while, and it's kind of neat. Do you do you wonder? I wonder. Uh, do you ever think that people think that you're uh, just a proven commodity, and therefore they don't want to give you a, a break? Here's why I ask. Like you're successful. You you've been on this show. It's an incredibly popular show. Couldn't do the show without you. You know what I mean? It's, you're a big part of it. And uh, so you come to me, and you're. Do you think people might have a bias towards? buying a successful person show over like the new sprout and i don't mean just a young person i just mean like i don't know that there's a bias because of success i, I think or does it go the other way sometimes like, it goes the other is, way this is the person that's proven oh this is a seth MacFarlane project let's yeah. do it or yeah. this is amy schumer or this is melissa it's a shoe in let's do it let's do it so i don't know i think yeah. it, maybe it works against you sometimes maybe you have to be doubly I was just wondering I, I don't think impressive. it does yeah, you, yeah yeah you believe in ghosts i don't know I, b- I believe in it's. I would answer in the kind of multiverse sort of way, where if you're seeing something, it might be some sort of unexplained crossover, mm-hmm. as opposed to the classic narrative of ghost, which is like, I'm dead. I know I'm a ghost. I'm going to go after you mm-hmm. and be like, you killed me. <laughs> I don't know if that's what's happening. You think it could be a shadow of a person that went to a parallel universe, yeah. but made well, a tiny mistake and left a little bit of an imprint somewhere. We know of 13 other dimensions, you mm. know what I mean? That's just, those are just the ones we're aware of. So, yeah, that that is the most intelligent, I'm open to ghosts answer I can mm-hmm. give you. So if I saw something, or if you saw a kid, or if there were a house, I just saw a thing on uh, Facebook about a very haunted house, and I was like, yeah, I, I believe that an area might be... We shot getting on at an abandoned hospital in Pasadena called St. Luke's, and... There was this one room we shot in down kind of towards the basement. I don't know if it was the morgue. We don't know. But when you went down there, you felt a lack of oxygen, not just because it was mm. a room with no windows, but there was it was thick. Mm. It was like this room had seen some shit. That's and it. So there was something in that regard that we all felt like, I'm not going down there alone. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. I don't like how I feel down there. And I, Or maybe it's asbestos. I don't know what it is, but there's something – Disturbing down there. I, uh, see, I'm just open to that. But I don't we, particularly feel like it was old people that right. had died floating. It, not a Scooby-Doo style, but like an area that's been tainted with some sort of, you were talking about vibrations of experiences and things. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a, a good uh, psychic might tell you, is that something is so traumatic that it's still clinging to that space. Well, you could even talk about dark matter, dark energy, and... and you know, say, what is a ghost? There's, yeah. there's stuff everywhere that we don't know what it is. Yeah. But we know it makes up 90% yeah. of the fucking universe. Yeah. So who the fuck knows? That's good. I, <laughs> I don't mean to I, – I should say I agree instead of that's good. You, you can believe whatever you want, but I like what you just said. Thank you. I'm glad you like what I said. <laughs> yeah. See, there's your therapist. Things, words parents. left my mouth and you liked them. I did enjoy them. They could have incited me. Uh-huh. I do you think it's interesting that spells are real? Like – in the sense that they're not magic, but somebody flipped me off maybe seven days ago, and I'm still thinking about it. Really? You know what I'm saying? Just in the same way that I could say, like, oh, what an elegant way to drink water right now. Like, maybe, I'm not saying that's going to stick with you for seven days, but I think there's a real power we have over each other. And that's just kind of the, it, it's not witches going, toil, toil, but if someone calls you a, a cock every day, your fucking stepdad's putting a spell on you. <laughs> 
Yeah, that might be... A psychological spell. That might be the case. No moral code. That was interesting. But I do... I love the idea of magic and fantasy. I love sure. that. Like, I, I read a lot of fantasy growing up and, and love it. I love the idea of a unicorn and dragons. Uh, and love to believe that they are real and... Yeah. Um, and metaphorically, of course, they are. Alas. They're oh. not. <laughs> I'll tell you about alas. Lasses are real. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love the idea of all of it. I'm into that, too. I, I'll take fantasy worlds over post-apocalyptic worlds any day. Yeah, you know like I mean? the idea of, of of loyalty spells and and you know having having spirit animals in a sense or whatever you know you, you sure. find in a lot of old. You should take psychedelics. You think so? You should take a small amount of mushrooms. <laughs> oh my right god! Now? Right now, this is the time. <laughs> you and I on this show? No, no, not now. <laughs> I have shit to do, and so do you. Damn it! You got to get back and relieve your mother. But this is the time in your life. That's it. That's too scary. I have to imagine the people you work with can get you some mushrooms. And if you just take a little bit, you can just peek behind the curtain. I don't know who I would trust to do it with. Well, you have to do it with somebody that you love. That the thing I say on the show a lot is you go, some of you are comfortable crying in front of her vomiting. And it's not because you'll cry or vomit, but that's the level of comfort you want to have. It sounds fantastic. It is. No, but it is. Think of the woman. Just think of the woman. pouring out of you. Yeah. Tears. You're going to love it. Vomit. This is the time in your life to do it. Huh. If you do it. I don't you know. have to. This is the time. Reset. You're reset. You're in a new chapter of your life. You love fantasy. You want to see a dragon? <laughs> and it's not even like that. It's, it's like dreaming when you're awake. It, meaning you're not seeing stuff as much as the world just seems incredibly novel and, and How often do you do mushrooms? I haven't done them in uh, – well, no, I did them somewhat recently. I did them on Christmas Eve this year. But I hadn't done them for years before. With that. your family? No, with my girlfriend. Oh, okay. We were like, because I was like, oh, we know no deliveries are going to come. You could handle a delivery if somebody came by the house. But I like the idea that no one was going to bother us. And it was the most magical. Every time I've done them, except for one, which was only a little bit weird, it wasn't family guy weird, but it was just a little bit off, have been the best days of my life for sure. You really? can't compete. But then you don't find yourself constantly wanting to do it? It's not like that. I'm afraid I would constantly want that. I understand. It, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's like such a dive into your subconscious that you don't always, you know, you wake up from an epic dream, like the most beautiful dream you've ever had. You don't go to bed that night going like, boy, I hope that happens again, because it's a little bit exhausting. Like you'd rather just sleep. Hmm. Does that make sense? Sometimes. You don't want to do mushrooms. Like, Sometimes if I have really good sex dreams, I will go to bed trying hoping. to reenact that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get up to pee, realize I was having good sex dreams, and try and resume. Have that where you keep reliving, flashing that moment back. Oh, I love good it. stuff. All right, do you remember your dreams? Yeah. That's good. I do. Not, A lot of times I use the material from them. Really? Yeah. That's great. Get little nuggets of things that you don't realize. Oh, Sweet that nugs? applies to this. Sweet nuggets. Little tiny Charleston chews, baby. <laughs> A little Charleston. <laughs> A Charles Chew. Uh -huh. <laughs> the long ones are Charleston. A Chuck Chew is a little one. A Chuck Chew. You put yeah. it in the freezer for two seconds and it's oh, ready to go. Yeah, next to the Thin Mints. You said no, nor no moral code. That's interesting to me. We always end the podcast talking about the meaning of life, God, religion, death. And uh, I guess you could include ethics into that, although that's um, not necessary. But uh, were you religious uh, Jew? We were raised conservative Jews. We... Learned the songs, went to temple, did a lot of the things, but no, it was not. Um, 
wasn't hammered. It wasn't orthodox. Mm-hmm. We kept kosher. We did a lot of the traditions, which I still love and impart that, the language and the traditions to my mm-hmm. kids. That's what the Jews got, man. They understand a good symbol. Carl Jung talks about nobody's transformed with language. They're transformed with symbols. Mm-hmm. And Jewish people are killing it in a lot of ways. And, and you don't have a lot of that guilt and fear. But what you, what a lot of Jewish people call culture, I see like more than just a bloodline. I see like an appreciation and a respect for symbols. Yeah, I think um, it's nice. Maybe it's brainwashing, but it's it's deep rooted in me, and I enjoy it, and, and want my kids to enjoy it. But when my son comes home from Hebrew school, and then you know says, and then Noah got the ark, and you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, oh right, I forgot about all that shit. Yeah, I forgot about all, the, all the crazy stories and God in the sky, and he's picturing a beard and all you know. But I know he'll get past that stage of it, and mm-hmm. realize what you take from it and what mm-hmm. you don't. And then you know if you're if you go real nuts, you go into the myth, the mythology of it. Mm-hmm. That's a myth. Mm-hmm. And myths. What did I just read? Richard Rohr said myths are always true and sometimes really happened. I think that's just a brilliant quote. Well, many times it takes a story to tell the truth. That's it. How would you how would you explain like making love? You could be like my penis got hard and went in a vagina, or you could play you know a Marvin Gaye song and yeah. you'd be like I get it. Yeah. Even though Marvin Gaye. Never got it on. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if it's literally true at that right. point. So that, that's a fun... Uh, that sounds great. So where are you now? It seems to me you're, you're hip to mystery and a little bit of wonder, even if it, not even if it is uh, a scientific approach. Black matter, uh, atoms being empty space to a certain degree, and all that sort of fun lighting up. Uh, is that... I think what I mean with morals... Like Isaac Asimov held that, like, you know, you don't let your morals get in the way of your life. Mm. And and I've been reading a lot of Bertrand Russell lately, and 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 his belief that, which is obvious, but when you when you read one person's piece, it kind of solidifies it for you that you know morals are just put into place. They're superstitions. They're fear based, and they're all of our codes are kind of built to control a large population, mm. and the only reason. Really, the only reason we don't do certain things is for a fear of how we're going to be seen. And taken care of. By people. It's, like it's if I'm fear kind, of, I'll, I'll get more food and shelter and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you, you, you learn that you know, sugar versus vinegar, what works. But, yeah. uh, but more, more importantly, it's the desire to be seen a, a certain, certain way. way by your peers and by everyone else, to be judged a certain way. You don't want to be judged and you – that's why people hold on to these – these morals that's why people don't uh some people don't cheat and that's why some people mm-hmm. don't steal and because you don't want to be that kind of person you don't want to be seen that's as right. that kind of person. uh that's it that's the difference yeah, you, yeah. you you have no idea what it's like to be that kind of a person because these moral codes have kept you from trying it but if there were let's say when you dreamt for example you went to a completely real world just like this one uh, you would probably fuck other people and do whatever it was you wanted, if, especially if that world didn't judge that. Then you'd come back here and knowing full well that no one knew what you were doing in that other Maybe dimension. that's my obsession with, with parallel universes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the opportunity to go to another, to be another parallel thing. universe that has a similar makeup and to try this on for size. That's and it. see what does this feel like to be this person without having the eyes of everyone in this universe that's on That's it. Me. That's it. So it's interesting. Well, I, I'm often challenged with that idea where uh, it's like, 
people – I talked to this guy. He was a, a pastor. It wasn't for this podcast. And I was like, it's a perfect world where everybody believes in Jesus and everybody's moral. He's like, yeah. And I was like, I think that's not what we're here to do. What I hear you doing is yearning to actually do more, even things that might be strangely amoral to you. You know, nothing hurting other people necessarily. But, you know – that to me is life, is experiencing more. Here you are divorced. That's a God, quote unquote, no, no, right? I'm divorced. That could be seen as a God, no, no. And yet it opens up all these other things. We learn more about ourselves doing these things that are off the path. That's in quotes. Yeah, I'm not saying oh, I want to see what it's like to kill somebody. I mean, I <laughs> obviously, <laughs> that's not my goal. But, you know, we've got a prison system that doesn't work, it's broken. We take anybody that's doing something that's not within these codes that we've created and we lock them up. And it's that tree in the forest, you know, that you see one horrifically bent tree, all the others are standing straight and you say, fucking chop that thing down. It's mm. an eyesore. It's growing wrong. It's sick. And it's like, no, it's found, it's finding its fucking light. It has to bend this far to get a tiny, tiny drop of sunlight beneath all these monster trees. And mm. it's not wrong. And, you know, but I don't know, there's something to that, that, yeah, I can't believe it. That's the first time that the guest is that. That's something that uh, I love. It's a Ram Dass quote where he talks about trees bending to get light oh. and not judging them because they they all wanted the same thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to quote your. No, okay. I'm so happy we are the same person. We are. I, I think we should high five. We should. What about a god? Is that mean anything to you? You know, I don't know. I st- I hold. I have no fucking idea. Like I said, all this energy in the universe and planets we name planets we i, I n- none of it makes sense yeah. nothing makes sense to me um yeah. every time we discover a new planet we discover the possibility of one or we mm-hmm. see two stars heading towards the death spiral i i have no idea what i believe mm. i kind of believe in the magic of all that the universe and how we're here there's it's fucking magical it's it's astonishing mm-hmm. science is magic mm-hmm. um but I don't know that I believe in a being. I don't know that I believe in... <laughs> I just don't know. But a, a good Marvin Gaye song might point us to the fuck God. Maybe. I also do, though, you know, with Holocaust survivors in my... You know, my grandmother who lived through that family wiped out. She came through it still believing in some kind of a hmm. power and a God. She would cover her bases. She was very Jewish, but she also had a rosary on the, she hung on her the side of her bed and she had a little Bible. She just was like, I don't know. I don't know who's right. And I want to cover all my fucking bases. Mm. Um, so sometimes I marvel at that, that someone who had seen yeah, the direct opposite of proof of God, still believing in, in something like that. So yeah. Interesting. Is it? Yeah. All right. This is what I'm interested in. <laughs> and what about when you die? When oh, I die, are you open next week. to? That's <laughs> next week. Are you open to the idea that is something else, or is it just lights out? You know, Jews believe you die, and there's no heaven. You're kind of raised with this idea of no, we don't see each other again. Um, pine box, no nails, no lacquer, no metal. Everything has to be able to go dust to dust. Hmm. Um, I can't believe I never knew that. That's very interesting. Yeah, no cremation. Very interesting rules, but um, no tattoos. I yeah, I I don't. There's sometimes I felt that I was in some way like my grandfather who didn't make it after the 
drudgery of the Holocaust, sometimes I always felt like maybe there's a piece of him in me. There's some renewal of souls in that regard. Mm. Um, That's a fun idea. I don't know. I was always so obsessed with my Hungarian side and, and the Holocaust, like a Holocaust junkie. Like I would watch anything or read anything that came out. And I just wondered if there was some weird attachment. I don't know. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm open to it. I'm open to everything. Yeah. Does that sound crazy? And you're not uh, afraid. That's always the other thing. I don't hear too much fear. You don't have a rosary and a Bible and a and a Hindu statue just to cover your not bases. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm open to it. I'm, I would I would love to be proved wrong. If I die and there's something there, I'll go. Holy shit! Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. If I meet someone and fall in love again, I'll go. Holy shit! That's amazing. Yeah. And if I die and there's nothing. Then I won't speak. I love it because it won't be possible. <laughs> well, let's do the speed round. This oh, is how you were a wonderful shit. guest. There's this is more. The, yeah, no, but it's the speed round. It's fast. It has the word speed in it. Okay. Can I pass? Of course. Okay. <clears throat> uh, this isn't like me testing you. Okay. I'm still here with you. Okay. And if you want to talk it out, okay. It's not like a game show. Okay. It's like these are the questions I would like to be asked. So I'm, I, if you like them, you can answer. Okay. Um, but it's all, it's all the greatest lesson you've learned about. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But it's just kind of a gut thing, because that takes you off the hook. Okay. Comedy? Greatest lesson I've learned about comedy? Yeah. Um, oh, that, uh, <laughs> the greatest lesson I've learned about comedy, that to surround yourself with people that are funnier than you always. That's great. I love that. Will make you funnier. That's awesome. Uh, family? Greatest lesson you've learned about family? Um, that that's really all you have in the end, that really you're, I think you're, you know, your genetic pieces, mm. your DNA, my brothers and my parents and my kids. And that's, that's what you have. Mm. But if, even if God forbid you lose them and when you lose them, I don't know. I think, yeah, that's really all there is. Mm. Um, greatest lesson you've learned about acting. Uh, Similar to comedy, that that when you work with people like Laurie Metcalf, people that are better than you, I think you you get a little bit better. And I think I've learned to be more vulnerable. Hmm. I think I've learned that being more vulnerable helps helps you create better work. Hmm. I think I was scared of being vulnerable for a long time. Mm-hmm. I love that. What about voice acting? Is that a different answer? Greatest lesson you've learned about voice acting? That you should always start from a voice that's real, base it on a real person or a nugget of something real, because you're not going to be able to act with it if it's just a silly voice. Hmm. You can't really act. That's interesting. I, I, I just immediately start thinking about Seth Green's character, your son, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your son. It's a pretty wild voice. It is. Still, somewhat, I mean, somewhere in there is a... I know that kid. Yeah. and Even, it's, it's wild, but he's probably started somewhere. But I think you also, depending on... I know Lois is being from New England. Yeah. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I just think that... But, but, but with Chris's character, you don't want to monologue him too much because it is hard to sustain. It's, yeah. it's hard to find ups and downs and lows and things if the voice is literally physically clenched or yeah. sometimes it's harder to actually act. If he had known how many seasons voice. you were going... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You would have been like, what's wrong with my regular voice? He's yeah, just like a regular guy. How about he gets laryngitis and just doesn't sound like that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> this is his voice now. My father sounds like Peter Griffith, by the way. Really? Yeah. I could play your voice How come you now. don't? 
Uh, because of schooling. They, they, we, they took us to Lexington, and we went to private school. So they're from South Boston, and my dad's from Somerville. So when he calls, it's like, Peter. That's hilarious. It's really... And your name's Peter, so you get to hear I know. Peter as Peter. Peter. I hear it. You guys are killing it. <laughs> Meaning yeah. the Peter is, is, is authentic. I'll give you the, <laughs> the A-plus on that. Um, this is a fun one for you. Greatest lesson you've learned about love. And it could be romantic or just the concept of love. Um, wow. That, that, it's, um, that it's alive. That it has its own life. Mm. And it has a, a lifespan. And it has life cycle events within it. Hmm. Huge, huge moments and smaller moments. Yeah, it breathes. It's alive. It's like <laughs> one of those doors in the haunted mansion. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> you're killing it for someone worried about the speed round. You're born for it. And uh, greatest lesson you've learned about parenting. It's fucking hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. It's hard, and it can be lonely, and you have to get help when you need it. Hmm. And it's joyous, and it's. Incredibly satisfying. Hmm. And little tiny arms around you are like no other arms. Hmm. That's very sweet. Uh, Well, then, because that can sometimes get serious, yours were lovely and light, um, we ask, the final question is, can you think of one of the times you laugh the hardest in your life? Oh, my God. And it doesn't have to be a good story. This is what I always tell to take some of the gravitas over it. But if you think about a time you were weeping with laughter, it doesn't have to be like, I opened the door and there was the clown's dick. You know, it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> oh, I, that was my story. <laughs> but if you're, if you're laughing in tears, who are you with? Where are you? You could be a kid. You could be recent. It doesn't matter. Oh, I have a few examples. Hit it. One was as a kid around the table with the Marshacks, our neighbors. <laughs> and it was... I made a joke and we laughed so hard that milk started coming out of Carla's nose. And then I choked. I laughed so hard I almost wet myself. That's full circle. We talked about the nose at the beginning. Keep we going. did. And uh, see, We just did a herald. It requ- <laughs> it's responsible for so much more. Um, and any t- almost any time I'm with Will Sasso, mm. I will laugh so hard I'm crying. Mm. Or, you know, Seth MacFarlane and that writer's, you know, in the early days in that writing room at, at Family Guy was... I can't imagine. ...just weeping. And most of the stuff wouldn't make it into the script. It was yeah. nonsense that you yeah. could not even... Yeah. You could not even use, but... Uh, I will say that show does seem like the show that figured out a way to take the stuff that the writers laugh at and use it. I know. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't care that... Can we do that? Yep, we're yeah, doing it. Yeah, And now people go... Oh, that, from Family Guy, even though you're referencing, like, Smokey and the Bandit or something. Yes. It's just like, no, that's now Family Guy. Yeah, it's now current. <laughs> yeah. We've decided. And But, like, your, your fan base have no idea. It's I just know. like, no, that's, that's, that's that. That's thing. That's that. And then the other things that make me laugh, like, this sounds hokey, but my kids do things that are very funny. And I, giving my son a, a, an airplane ride where you lay on the back and you have him up on mm. my feet. And, and, mm-hmm. and then I would drop him down really fast and catch him. And I dropped him down one time and he went, oh! Oh, my nuts! <laughs> and they serve him on every flight. And he was like, I don't know, five. I laughed so hard. And my daughter recently was on the toilet, and I said, "Are you making pee pee or poo poo?" She says, "No, just pee pee." But I'm doing it out of my butt penis. Wow! And I fucking did she mean her vagina? I don't know what she meant. And because it's my if favorite. she does, I'm calling all vaginas butt penises. Butt penis. <laughs> I laughed. So 
so fucking hard. I'm, I'm doing it. No, but I'm peeing out of my butt penis. And I... That's shit. I like literally was yeah, on the floor. Your butt penis. And she couldn't understand why I was laughing. So now yeah. she says it all the time in hopes of getting the same reaction. Oh, you got two little artists. I've got two kids obsessed with like potty humor. I love it. Yeah. Well, that means you've done your job. I guess I have. Well, thank you so much. We, we've never met. This is this was a cold cold reading. I hope it was interesting. I loved it. I know people will I love it. I hate podcasts. Do you? <laughs> yeah, generally. Katie, who records this, said you did uh, Nerdist as well, and she said you were one of the best Nerdists ever. Oh. So, come on. I just... It feels masturbatory. What doesn't? Oh. I guess fucking? Yeah. That's the only time. It's <laughs> Everything I do is masturbatory except fucking. Yes. Someone else is there doing the work. <laughs> Yeah, but think of all the people that we're giving HJs and, and uh, downstairs DJs to right now. And scene. scene. Well, we actually have a way to end. The, oh. the guest always says, keep it crispy. Um, and because you do voices, you could do it in a voice you sure don't have to. This isn't morning radio. What would you like? I don't care. I mean... I'm open to anything. If it wouldn't offend you, if you want to do Lois saying keep it crispy, it would mean a lot to me. And do I say anything else before or after say, it? You can say... This is blah, blah, blah. And what do I Keep mean? Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. That's a good question. It means a lot of things. But it means what you're doing. Like you being alive and present and it's excited about the new thing. You're keeping it crispy. Okay. It's a good thing. There's okay. no secret meaning. You're, okay. you're not like a fool for saying it. It's okay. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to know what I'm, I'm not yeah, like yeah, yeah. calling into action a bunch of neo-Nazis. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't oh. do that to you. <laughs> she did it yeah oh. you're activating a Manchurian oh, candidate yeah. right now <laughs> but we need you to say keep it crispy keep it crispy <laughs> that was, uh, was it's it crispy? so different from your keep point. it crispy <laughs> hey hey remember keep it crispy <laughs> can you do it angry now she gets angry as so Lois yeah. Peter keep it crispy <laughs> I think that's a well, fake laugh. No. Really? I am so joyful right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. But thank you for doing it. Thank and thank you. you for being here. And I will keep it crispy. Okay. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. I'm so crispy. Now leaving Nerdist.com.